Hello. Hello. And welcome. To I Spit in Your Mouth. An ooky. Spoopy. Podcast. I am Dottie Spartans. And I am Gulia Spartans. And we are here to give the world just a little bit more ooky spookiness. And like, let's be serious. Gay shit. Yeah. Ooky spooky gay shit. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what we like. Who, who, we was like... That, who was that man? Ugh, that was the man that lives deep inside your breasts. <laughs> because there is enough room in there for a man to live. So can I tell you? All right. So I was going through my closet very quickly this morning, this afternoon, because I was running incredibly late, like exceptionally like, late. Like way, way late. Um, But in fairness, it is two days post-Christmas, and the day after Christmas is always very difficult in the veterinary emergency field. If you live it, you know it. If you don't, let's put it this way, everyone wants to spend their last Christmas with their pet, and then the day after, they are willing to say goodbye. And that is what I deal with. However, with that being said, I just slept really late today, and... I quickly threw on a dress that I found in my closet that was hanging out, that was clean. But I will say that even you, Dottie, as a queer man, I saw you looking at my boobs several times. Yeah, because your tits are literally up by your chin. <laughs> they are not up by my chin. They are just out. They're, they are up by your... They are out and they proud. They are nowhere near my chin. They are out and proud. Because that would give me five chins. Literally, big old, tiggle bitties. Tiggle bitties. Big titty goth girlfriend. Like, right I there. literally, I saw, I saw you look as, even as we were interviewing, I almost wanted to be like, are you straight? This would be very uncomfortable. You put your titties in my face. What do you expect me to do? I did not put my titties in your face. You put them in my, like, they right, are, they're right here. No, they, in fairness, they are on the table. Which is right by my face. No, it's not. There's Why is how, your how many face inch, on how many the inches fucking is table? How many that inches is, is this? That is over a foot. No, that's not That is larger over a foot. than any it's dick about you've a ever foot. taken. It's about a foot. Shut up, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. So, things that have been going on in our lives as of We've late, had a lot. We've had, had a lot. lot. So, um, my grandmother did pass. Um, the day after we recorded our last episode. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, it was very difficult. Uh, she took a turn for the worst. Uh, and it happened very quickly. So uh, if you can continue to give thoughts and energy and prayers for my family, uh, we would greatly appreciate that because we are still struggling through that. Um, and then, you know, then there was Christmas, which was... Um, which was difficult, Tumultuous. but got through it. Got through it. Um, I got a new Apple Watch, and by new, I mean a used Apple Watch that is new to me. Um, Gal, it's better than my Apple Watch, which is none. non-existent. Wasn't Julia going to give you one? That that's a whole story. <laughs> okay, we'll get into that later. Um, but let me tell you the thing about my Apple Watch is that it's not counting my exercise minutes. And she's apparently she's I'm very upset. So I need Peter to show me how to fix it because. I don't know. Does Peter have to watch? Two of them. Oh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Gulia, uh, anything other than uh, working in the in the, um, the hospital that you've been doing lately? No. Just plus my ho- I work my holidays at the beginning of my year. I pick them, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna work this one, this one, and I'm 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 at a requirement for three. 
I elected to take this Christmas off in January. Or no, I think I picked my holiday. Yeah, maybe January 2020. And I was like, oh, I would love to spend this Christmas with my family. Nope. Just kidding. Um, So I did not see my family because my grandmother is approaching 90 years old. And especially with taking into very serious consideration everything that had happened with Dottie's grandmother recently um, and with COVID in general, I elected to not see my family. So I spent the day at home by myself. I drank a bottle of champagne. Yeah. Um, I invited you to my mom's place, but there was going to be... Quite a few people. Yeah, so. and I, I, I elected to not because you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, I've, I adore your other grandmother. She is very precious to my heart. So I would never be able to forgive myself if I had exposed her without knowing. Yeah. Um. So I spent the day by myself, which is responsible, but also slightly a bummer. Um. I then went to our local watering hole, Birdsall House. Where one of the co-owners, Tim, and his wife were there. And they gave you uh, chili. drinks. And Tim's wife is a wonderful fellow vegan who made chili and who... Oh my god, I want to move in with them because that <laughs> the, their food is so fantastic. Yeah. What they make is so delicious. Um, and that chili was spicy and like... Girthy. A girthy, girthy. <laughs> girthy. She was a girthy chili. Wow. Um. So it was delicious, and they made their own focaccia. Ooh, I love focaccia. Yeah, their own vegan focaccia. It was like a rosemary, mm, mm. delicious that went great with my chili. But I went there for a couple of hours. Um, celebrated the holiday with some of my very close friends and you know family that I have found through being a resident of Peekskill, New York. Yeah. Very grateful. Yeah. Um, but then the day after I had to work in the veterinary field which is always really shitty so I will skip past that and yeah, say I... that I was so anxious to go into work the next day that I kept myself up all night and then I like regurged in the morning. Okay. My acid reflux was so bad that I just like bleh on the floor and I was like, oh, this is great. Today's going to be a great day. Yeah. Um, other than, other than that, like, um, I got my, my COVID vaccine. Oh girl, we all know. I got my, um, <laughs> my Moderna Do you follow Dottie Spartans on social media? If If you don't, you should. You know that she got the COVID vaccine because she's going to tell you 20 times. However, I am also very proud of you for getting the COVID vaccine and trying to encourage other people to get the COVID vaccine. Well, that's it. As one of the first people, I mean, I know maybe... You got it before my nurse friend who works in the COVID unit. Yeah. Aside from... Which I I love you, but that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's it's because my hospital got cleared to give us the vaccines and we it was a first come first yeah. serve basis and it no, was which just fair and that's just what it was um, and that's not saying you're not deserving at all because you are yeah you've worked in the covid unit and, and 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 the thing about it is that the the covid nurses who work directly with covid get proper ppe to work with their covid patients when i have to work directly with covid patients i get a poncho 
and a KN95 mask and maybe a face shield. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, no, it's it's tough. And, like, I think that that is a lot of what is going on in the medical community right now is um, there's still a lack of PPE. And, like, I know that working in the veterinary profession, we are second string to everything, which I, I like, I... I get to a degree like the PPE in regards to COVID. I think that the like human nursing um, medical staff should get first dibs. However, it sucks when I don't have gloves that I could even like use because we had to take second string and I have a lot of mixed feelings because I like animals more than people as we all know. Um, so like we take second string to a lot of PPE in regards to the human field, which I, I I get because people should not be transmitting COVID to other people. However, I have an immune compromised dog at home. And when a Parvo puppy comes in, I'm like, Oh, I'm not touching that shit. Like hell fucking no. Because I have to take care of my own house. And yeah. that is first and foremost, I think, for any of us at this point. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I did get the vaccine. And I'm feeling fine. It's been... I got it on the 19th? 20, 21st. I got it on the 21st. Um, and I had very light symptoms uh, or side effects. I had uh, an elevated temp, some body aches headaches other than that i really didn't have any issues so if you have any questions about the vaccine the process um how it feels i am very happy to answer those questions i want to ease anyone's she's a issues doctor. she's not a doctor i want to give you a first person experience of what is what it's like to get the vaccine so that way if you're nervous if you're concerned about getting the vaccine I hope that I can ease some of your worries and concerns. And, and y'all, I say this out of love because Dottie has just been so vocal about um, getting the COVID vaccine on social media because she was one of the earlier ones to get it. I fully encourage and think that everyone should get the COVID vaccine if it is available to them. However, I will 100% always buzz Dottie's chops because... Every time I opened up my social media, Dottie was like, I'm getting my COVID vaccine on this date. I just got my COVID vaccine. Let me tell you how I feel. If you have any questions, please feel free to DM me. And I'm like, bitch, are you a doctor? No, you're not. Calm down. But also, very proud of you. Thanks. Love you. Love you too. So, we have a lovely interview lined up today. Uh, Before we do that. We but also, to... we are recording this past interview. Let's I know. be very honest. Well, I was going to say, we have to edit in the sound of me opening the we Prosecco. Will. because and I did see Deidre recently, and I told her that we edited in the last one, and she was grateful, but also upset, and I'm going to have to tell her that we did it for this one as well. And you're going to have to apologize for yourself, because you're the reason that we had to do it? Bitch, I don't care. <laughs> I'm late. I don't care. So... Like, this is what it is. I... It was the day after Christmas yesterday. I chose to sleep. That's exactly what it sounds like. 
It's it's uncanny how you were able to make it sound just like the bottle of Prosecco. Um, and with that being said, I mean, I have a couple of things that I'm very excited about right now. I'm excited for you all to get into this interview. Oh, my God. This interview. So for me, it took a very unexpected turn at one point and i definitely got thrown off course and you could probably hear it but roger connor's roger connor's is a sweet baby angle and i cannot wait to be able to hang out and Gulia's obsessed again i love him chris fox i think you have some competition i don't know about that it's i love it's close it's 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 tight Um, but i will also say that i ma'am your cats Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I wish I don't know what's gonna get cut and what isn't, but I hope that at some point y'all hear a little bit of a rustle and realize a that rustle that our that our dear our dear sweet who happens to be here almost every time we record Carmen, Carmen Cartel, Cartel Your daughter my 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 messy kind of messy daughter who gave me this beautiful chartreuse colored Lululemon water bottle? Um, I wish it glue in the dark. It does. It glows no, in the dark. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's it's like <gasps> we'll talk. We'll talk. Oh we'll my god! I'm just, all right. So sorry. I just like I got a little over excited. Anyway, so but I hope that you all hear that the cats started fighting and Carmen literally picked up this black witchy broomstick where I don't know where it came from. And all I see is her running out of the room with this broomstick, being like, (laughs) Well. We love to see it. Please light some candles, lower your lights, and get yourselves in a spiritual mood. And ready to show some clavicle. And ready to show some sexy clavicle. Because that's the best way. We like it oiled. We like it We like it shimmering. And that's the best way to make sure that the spirit of Roger Connors enters your home. And your hole. And hopefully your hole. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Titties. Is there anyone there who wishes to speak to anyone here? We're calling out into the spirit world. Roger. Roger, are you there with us? Hello. Where where are you? Can you give us a sign? We All we need is a, a small knock, a tap, a scream, if you will. A slight caress. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can make some pottery. Oh. oh, oh, we got something. We got something. Roger, is it in here? <laughs> I have a really shrill voice. Sorry. Oh, that's Roger. That's Roger. (laughs) It's either Roger or Fran Drescher. I'm not really sure. There you go. You know, my friends tell me I sound like a young Demi Moore. Like, okay, (laughs) all right. Gravelly voiced Demi Moore, smoky tones. So, listen, we love a smoky toned voice over here. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, I remember the first time I heard Miley Cyrus sing, like actually sing when she was a young woman. And all of a sudden, she like goes from talking like this to. Rawr. I was like, "Oh my love goodness, it. I love this!" 
Love it. I love all these covers she's releasing too. Yes. Like she did a cover of Heart of Glass and like her voice, like that twang, for some reason it like trans, it translates well to that genre and I'm all yeah. about it. I love it. I love for it. Sure. Now her, her new album, we've, I mean, I know I've been listening to it a lot. I believe Dottie has. So this is just kind of where we are at with our lives right now. Yeah, yeah. The, the gays have so much material that like once we're unleashed back into society again, like oh the bars God. will be filled. <laughs> because yeah, definitely. I'm hoping music. the bars will be filled and I will be filled. Brim it. Brim it. To the brim. Yeah. To- Bubbling over. Oh my yep. God. Oh, not bubbling over. That's worrisome. That sounds like a problem. I know. I'm like, I, like I'm making a fresh meringue. Just. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> what a good start to this. A fucking. I'm sorry. You need stiff peaks. A meringue. That sounds like an infection. <laughs> right. I mean, like if, if you if because if we're thinking meringue, I'm thinking a little raised. Yeah, a, little bit. a little a little brown well because brown i'm not a little creamy. we're not roasting these meringues okay this is just i'm just saying you know like when you you know when you when you you don't take a torch to the top of the meringue you get that no that's a that's a um do your take no you to the yeah, you to can, like a yeah. whipped cream on top of it yeah you, you do, do that for the meringue. yeah yeah, you yeah do, you i do, think yeah. you like torch the top you for can like you don't always have to but you can I didn't know this was going to be a cooking show as well. I, I, I watch I watch a lot of the Great British Baking Show, so <laughs> yeah, you way do. Too much. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Because I was just going to say, like every, I feel like every time I've seen a meringue, thought of a meringue, I just like I picture that you know, like nice whipped top and then yeah. the light browned on the. You're chicken. right. You don't You're always right. have to, but you can. And then I'm. I was just going for the. All right. You so, know, after you know, when you when you do it so much it gets frothy you know and that that's what i was going for that frothy and instead you made it sound very like chlamydia <laughs> like a yellowish cream like <laughs> well, i'm not i'm not going for a creme pat that's a very different <laughs> kind of consistency right, so, that i'm not asking so, for. So first, <laughs> and we're losing listeners <laughs> I, no honestly i think they love this i hope I um, so first you are a doctor because apparently everyone can ask you about the covid19 vaccine mm-hmm. and now you are a professional baker <laughs> well and drag i mean if you want to put a bun in my oven i won't be mad about it <laughs> we're covering all the bases today i love it and i have my we're only 10 seconds in i know right we have not had one sip the day is early letting our hair down there we go well, Roger, we're so excited to have you here on the podcast. Um, so we uh, we were acquainted with another with one another in the um, the queer horror nerds group on nice. on Facebook. That's how we um, we came into contact with one another, and you reached out yes. that you would like to you would love to be part of the the podcast. And then I opened up your IMDb, and I was like. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna get him we on the podcast. We have credentials. We have credentials. <laughs> That's it. It wasn't just one of those people who's like, I, I watched a movie <laughs> once and I would like to be on your podcast. Yeah, no, I like I I in all these groups because obviously I do you know I do this. This is like my thing, making horror movies. But like I also genuinely like since childhood I've just been a huge fan of the genre. So like I'm actually in these groups because I follow all of these other projects that are being made. It's not like, I mean, I like talking shop. You know, I like mm-hmm. talking about horror 
and all things scary because that's just what I happen to love. Um, and my boyfriend is terrified of these things, so will not discuss it with me. So I'm left reaching out into the void, hoping, <laughs> that, hoping that somebody will respond. And you did. <laughs> so, yeah. Does he does he watch your movies or can he not do that? <laughs> Well, he, he has, but like, here's the thing. Like he actually is frightened by some of them, which is rare. Um, <laughs> so it makes me feel like I'm accomplishing something. You're like, I'm no, doing yeah. a great job. <laughs> I am talented. Um, no, but, you know, he, um, he's like, he, he gets anxiety from things that are scary. So like, I don't like want to subject him to it. Um, but we've been easing him into it. He did come, I had a film premiere uh, in October and he, A, really enjoyed it, which, and he's very critical. Uh, so like, I believe he enjoyed it, but B like, he was like, and I actually found it scary. Like it did make me uncomfortable. So I was like, perfect. We're hitting I mean, it. We're hitting that's, it. That's really all we can hope for as, yeah. you know, like people creating content out for the world. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're trying to scare someone, let's get like, especially that when someone says it made me feel uncomfortable, I feel like that's the best compliment you could get. Not yes. like I was scared, but like that, just that general, like deep down level of like ooh, that mm -hmm. like just did not sit yeah. well with me yeah yeah i don't want like the kind of fear that like is a momentary like ah like i don't want like a jump reaction yeah. i want something that like lingers with the, the viewer after the fact that's my goal yeah absolutely i well i a uh, long time ago at look queen in in the city in new york city i did this performance where i um i was this horned demon uh, sacrificing someone and eating their heart on stage and people came up to me and they were like I know it wasn't real but you need to tell me what it was because I'm still so grossed out <laughs> and I was like that's what I was going for so I'm yep. glad and I will yeah. never tell <laughs> I always say my my goal my aesthetic is to be both beautiful and terrifying at the same time yes yes <laughs> isn't sure. that all we could ever hope for like, yes seriously yeah and it's very difficult to pull that off but like it can be done and when it is it's very effective i think like the beauty and horror like you look at like a film like suspiria mm -hmm. like the original suspiria there's an example of a film that's both beautiful like it's stunning to watch but it's also like terrifying like they perfectly blended the two and they yeah. created something really eye-catching and unsettling and, and it's difficult to pull that off but when you do it, it sticks with people yeah, yeah, especially that, there's that the... movie is like one of the best things mm -hmm. I have ever seen in my life. And yeah, there's something fantastic about because a lot of the times when we think horror, a lot of people think you know monstrous and 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 disgusting, and and then when you when you add in those those beauty elements and you make something that is both beautiful and terrifying, it really messes with people's minds and yeah. uh, it makes it a lot harder for them to process, which I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think there's some films like, and whether or not people actually enjoyed them is one thing, but like um, there's some films within the last few years that I think have taken some risks in how they've like shot the movie. Like Midsummer is a film that was really like, <clears throat> people had like, were torn on it, but I personally really enjoyed it. I know not everyone did, but I, you can't deny the fact that it was ballsy to make a movie that was shot very like bright and colorful and beautiful and like the rich color palettes. Like that's rare. Oftentimes right now, at least, within horror cinema, it's very popular to go with like a very like washed out, yeah. dark, gritty aesthetic. And and they chose to go the complete opposite, different route. And whether or not people enjoyed the movie, you can't deny that it's something that felt very different when you watched it. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I, I, and I think like, we've kind of touched on this a little bit before. I'm one of those people that did not particularly enjoy the movie. However, it was so beautiful for the reasons that you just listed. I respect the choices that they made. It was bright. It was colorful. 
and it was still very unsettling. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. I'm not a slow burn person. That's my only thing. Like it was so beautifully done. If they had like cut it a little bit, I think I would have liked it a little yeah. bit more, but I was, I'm, I'm not a director. I respect the choices that were made. So just not my bad, not yeah. my cup of tea. I, I love a slow burn. There's something like, if you can keep me on the edge of my seat and, and that, that, you know, um, that unease creeps in throughout the film. Yeah. That, that to me is so much more engaging as much as I love, I mean, I love my, you know, my unabashed gore and murder. Like that's always fun too, but there's something because I find a lot of, you know, I don't find myself being scared by films. I don't remember the last time I was scared by a film, but, um, yeah. but that, but to really feel uneasy throughout yeah. It, that is a huge, a huge success for me. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's even difficult for me to think of a lot of movies that even have given me that. Um, <clears throat> like it's it's it takes a lot. I'm so desensitized. I think a lot of us are, especially oh, yeah. viewers of the genre, but also like with where we're at in society today, like it takes a lot to to impact us. And like mm -hmm. I can't think of a ton of movies that have really left me thinking. But the ones that have, I've come back to multiple times you know like like the have you seen the movie the invitation yes oh so good so unsettling um the taking of deborah logan is another Love one that that I, it just sticks with you because it just keeps building and building and building so yeah i'm a, I'm a fan of a slow burn as long as it's executed well so yeah but uh it takes a lot to get me to respond to it definitely <laughs> i'm the same way i'm i'm a really hard like i'm very critical of everything ever yep. <laughs> so like what a lot of these newer movies I'm not a huge fan of but like again when I went I went to go see Midsummer in theaters I thought it was beautiful but I was just like my friends after were like this is the best thing ever and I was like it was it was good I was just like I just like it wasn't my favorite I loved yeah. it I mean I for me I think that Hereditary was a much better film, but I did love Midsummer. I thought it was great. But Hereditary was one of those films where, by the end of it, I, I, I was, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I was, I was like, the movie was over, the credits had rolled, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I need to Google everything that I can, I can about this film. I need mm -hmm. to find out everything I can find out about the way it was written and the way it was shot. And it was just one of those films that really stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, and like 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 we were like we're all saying it's like it's been a long time since you know you can say for sure that there was a movie that made you feel that way and that's that's the one thing like when I, and I say this all the time I love a twenty four I think that they're doing really fantastic yeah. things yeah um, and they're 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 bringing these films to the forefront that you know ten years ago never would have that made it. that is very true that is very true and like I do think and I again I've been a hard critic but like I do think that. A24 is making steps in a great direction because there are so many talented writers, directors out there who have these great ideas that aren't getting the chance they deserve. Absolutely. There are so many young up and coming filmmakers who are in a lot of cases making their own content, who it's a matter of just finding the right funding for their ideas. And a lot of companies will not, a lot of these larger companies will not back an idea that seems too out of the box. And I do appreciate that a lot of the, like, I mean, a movie like Midsummer in general, the fact even got a, a bigger theatrical release, yeah. like, ballsy, because it is unlike anything else out right now. And again, whether people like them or not, at least there's material that's coming out that's pushing some boundaries and yep. feels different and fresh. Because 
we've seen a lot of movies, at least the mainstream horror movies, the 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 grudge reboots and the ring reboots and everything like there's nothing really new being brought to it so why bother i'd rather see something completely original or fresh original content or if you're going to do a retelling or a remake throw something new at it so it doesn't feel like a rehash of the exact same formula so i do appreciate that about them i think they're bringing some really great material to the forefront that yeah would not normally be exposed to the, the masses yeah especially Thank because you. especially because back in you know, in the early 2000s, I mean, we were just, literally, it was just the Saw movies and the Final Destination movies, mm-hmm. and if, and that was it. Like, that's really all yeah. that was happening at we, the time. We had a quick Queen of the Damned moment. Quick, which was not good. <laughs> <laughs> and it still breaks my heart how bad that movie is, because I, that's one of my favorite books. But they were, yeah. they're like, all of the movies that you're naming were still so action-based. Yes. Yeah. Like, it was very, like, I mean, Saw wasn't super action-based, but there was a lot of like the quick in there but final destination like queen of the damned like shit like that it, it still it wasn't like horror horror to me it was just like yeah you have some quick jump scares but it was like an action fucking movie it was torture porn it was it was it was, it was action gore it was more about the final like how violent can the death be like especially some of the later saw movies like there were some really great kills but if i don't kill, care about a character or if i don't really like if the storyline is so incoherent by that point by like saw five six like it's like i don't even know what's happening i just know people are being killed in this grotesque way yeah it doesn't really matter or like the final destination series like for the most part i enjoy the series for what it is like especially the last entry i actually liked it but it was just kind of the same thing happening over and over and they're just kind of finding a reason to like start it off with a really cool sequence and that's great but like if you're really a fan of cinema if you really enjoy like good cinema you want more meat to it you want to know these characters and care about them more and and have a storyline that feels at least somewhat coherent or reasonable so um yeah I think that was like a weird era for for the genre but i do think we've kind of evolved into like this very unique time frame and i'm really curious where we're going to go when we come out of this current state because like the best material comes from like these like massive like yeah moments of trauma like you know like think about like uh, the the 60s movies like rosemary's baby and night of the living dead and then you've got like you know all these iconic, when you think of like iconic timeframes in, in horror cinema, it always kind of springs from like a, a united mentality where we're building the horror off of something greater that really existed. You know, uh, Romero is my favorite filmmaker. And mm-hmm. if you look at his movies, like Dawn of the Dead was based off consumerism and, yeah. and all the zombies representing like people just flocking to malls and brainlessly shambling through these malls and everything. And every one of his movies meant something. I think we're going to see some really astonishing art come out of these last couple of years and the Trump era and everything. And we're going to see uh, really just some amazing cinema, just a matter of it getting made because, you know, we're still stuck in this pandemic. So it's really difficult to, yeah. to create film right now. But I do think like once we get this under control, we're going to see the genre boom, or at least I'm hoping, I'm really hoping. Have you, have you watched any, uh, anything that has come out, um, as we're as we're labeling it um you know pandemic or quarantine horror have you seen like like host or any of um no you know i've really like i have not seen anything that was specific specifically filmed 
within this time frame. Um, uh, host is is that going out the dinner party? So host, it's um, it's a group of friends. They're on Zoom and they do a seance over Zoom and then they start being terrorized. But was, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. very well done. I was very it impressed. Was, it was interesting. And it's interesting to see how people are still trying to create in this time with the yeah. courses that they have available to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do, I do think like, to kind of backtrack to what you were saying before, I am a huge fan of 80s music, 80s cinema. Uh, I'm, I'm just that era. And yeah. I think that such a good and cool thing that came out of it was the entertainment because like it was the Reagan era, which, yeah. you know, looking back, people are like, oh, that was awful. And then it's like, bam, well, here's fucking Donald Trump. And yeah. look at like, I mean, with a country divided, um, we are isolated from other nations. Um, we're isolated from our friends. Yeah, we're isolated from the, our loved ones. I'm really curious to see what comes out of this once it's all said and done. And I hope that people who do create are using this time to kind of like sit and reflect and kind of get in their mind and like in yeah. their head with all of this and create something beautiful out of this like really awful time that we're I mean, if you're going to. If you're going to get really deep about this time frame, like one thing that has to be acknowledged is like the widespread mental illness that's coming from this, the depression, like people struggling with anxiety. I don't really know. Uh, I don't know if I know anybody who's not voiced it to a certain yeah. extent. And and a lot of times, like when that translates to art, like you get uh, it really like morphs the material into something so much more like palpable and. Um, I don't want to say like richer. I mean, it's darker, but like, it's just, um, it adds this whole extra layer to it that you normally can't tap into when you're in a normal state of mind. And and I think we're really going to see some, probably some really dark material, but it's going to be very relatable. I'm Uh, I'm also hoping that there's more that we have a lot of these films that came out that, um, that didn't get kind of the love and recognition that they deserved before the pandemic will start to get the attention that they deserve now because like like films like It Comes at Night, which I thought was brilliant. And people just kept saying, it doesn't make sense. I didn't understand it. I couldn't follow it. And now we're, we're in that situation where it's like out, you don't, out, going outdoors can can truly be the thing that kills you. Yeah. Like it's, and you. And you don't know who you can trust because who's infected, who's not infected. And I think that now I, I I look at that movie in such a different with such a different lens now that I did. Yeah. Not, I mean, as much as I loved it and I thought it was great, um, but also like it follows, which I which I also thought oh, I was amazing. Yeah. And you know these these films where you know people like, people were so turned off by them because they were like that doesn't make any sense. Why would people act like this? Why would people do these things? And it's like, well, now we're seeing that in in this kind of situation, people this is how people act. You know, you, you don't know who you can trust. You don't know, um, you know, you 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 start to to get very paranoid about the people around you, uh, and I think that that those films really deserve a second look for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you see a lot of cases, and this has happened before this, but I'm more. I think we're you're exactly right. I think we're seeing that very much so with some specific pieces of cinema moving forward, where you know a film might come out and get like middle of the road reviews. Because for what, you know, might be unrelatable or what have you. But then, you know, you introduce 
the united mentality to some kind of group experience or something shifts where all of a sudden that material becomes so much more relatable like that movie contagion mm-hmm. uh from like you know like how all of a sudden that started getting all this attention it became the number one selling film on amazon for a while mm-hmm. and everything uh like and when it came out i'm pretty sure like it got it like didn't do like gangbusters i don't think it and, did very well actually no i remember but now, now that it, it seems to be pretty accurate in its execution, all of a sudden it's looked at through completely different lenses. And that's very interesting to me. And it goes to show how like some movies do deserve a second chance because it, just because something didn't come out at a time that may have necessarily been uh, right for that piece of art doesn't mean that piece of art isn't relevant mm-hmm. in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. So Roger, we wanted to ask you, as we ask pretty much all of our guests, what is it about horror and and gore and the macabre that you're drawn to? When is the first time that you really remember being drawn to horror? I very much like remember the specific moment when I like formed my fascination with horror. And it was like, I've told this story a few times, but like, it's so, I know this is what, what formed it for me. So I always go back to it. I was seven years old. My, I lived with my grandparents. My grandfather had a chest of VHS tapes. It was like a wooden chest. You like lifted the lid up and like on the top of it was always the VHS of Night of the Living Dead. And it was like a pretty like, I mean, like you saw like shambling zombies on it. It was like pretty, for a kid, it was like a pretty graphic cover. And like, I remember the smell of the box. Like I, it, it was so specific in my brain and I was so entranced by it and I kept going to watch it and finally my grandfather like appeased me and so we like put the tape in and I was watching it and like you know Night of the Living Dead starts kind of like with like a sci-fi vibe almost you know it starts very like b-movie but then it's like progresses it becomes darker and then that final like 20 minutes it's yeah it, it goes full horror and I like as you know I was seven I wasn't prepared so when it like the zombies are breaking in the house and everything like I flipped my shit and like <laughs> turned it off and like had like, a panic attack and everything and that movie affected me for like years I was drawing violent imagery my I went to a private catholic school at that time so the priest was like sat my mom down and was like there's a problem he is drawing images of women being eaten alive torn <laughs> apart and like and it was and it like it fucked me up yeah but like in the best way because after like I came to terms with it and like got older and realized like I just had this fascination with the macabre um honestly I think it's one of the things that like as I really understood that proved my sanity to me like because real violence and real gore and real blood I can't stand it makeup doing prosthetics anything like that I'm infatuated with it but if I see if I see a person get cut I'm like oh <laughs> but like <laughs> I feel like it's my way of like venting that like I, I I actually compare horror to like back like hundreds of years ago like when they crucified people or threw people into lion's dens and we had this fascination with people dying yeah death and pain and that our culture our society our species has always had a fascination with death and I feel like the horror genre is our evolved mind's way of still appeasing that without actually hurting anybody. Um, so I think it's like the healthiest thing we can do is actually indulge that because I know at the end of the day, I'm saying and I really don't want to hurt somebody, but I sure fucking like seeing it in the movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I, I resonate with that a lot. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not bothered by like unfortunate real gore or anything of the sort. Um, but I will say that I, I, even when I was younger, I did like any good young 
preteen goth child, I was like, I had this obsession with death for a while to the point where I had this book, I think it was called The Art of Suicide. It, it's a very informative book though. So, but it reflects on human fascination with, um, well, this was specifically suicide, but like death in a lot of cases through art throughout the ages. So like, it was very informative in the fact that it had a lot of um, reference back to old paintings, like old, old fucking paintings, but you know, medieval type shit when it comes in regards to human death and suicide and that act and everything of the sort, not that I'm condoning any of it, but it was very fascinating to read. However, they found it in my fucking backpack in like junior high school or high school an immediate call into the fucking guidance counselor. The principal was there my parents were called and my mother for all her faults, she was just like, she's just reading something. She's not trying to harm anybody. Like she, she's into darker shit. Just let her go. Yeah. Grateful for that every day. <laughs> oh, good old Barb. Good old Barb. Both of our mothers are named Barbara. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. It's the lead of Night of the Living Dead, my favorite movie. Yep, so yep, yep, there you go. It's fitting. <laughs> We're coming to get you, Barbara. I love it. I love that your cat just <laughs> leapt across the screen. It's enchanting. Um, but yeah, no, I think like with, um, even what you're saying with like artwork, like the whole purpose of all of uh, religion even is like is uh, at its core is to explain things and the main the main question we have is what happens after yeah. death and that's why we have this fascination and the many ways that death can occur and um i, I think we will always have that because I'm, i don't really see there being a way of figuring it's, out it's, yeah it's unknown it's a, it's it's a fascination and obsession with the unknown that's like yeah. there's a lot of people obsessed with extraterrestrial life and things of that sort Although we know about that, but the government is hiding it. I believe it. Although believe they, did, it. they did admit that they have. Yeah, right. Like what else? What else happened? Right. Like, like right in the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, they were they were like, they were like by the way, this like, UFO shit. The government, the government's like, hey, uh, yeah, actually. By the way. <laughs> and everybody was too like crazy buying yeah. toilet paper. They didn't even notice. And I was like. They knew what they were doing. They dropped it. They're yeah. like, oh, uh. <laughs> and everyone was yeah everyone's flipping their shit so it just kind of went under the radar but there's some people i know who did acknowledge that i did see on my facebook and everything and mm -hmm. i i mean i think they're just telling us what we already know we've known for a while that they have shit we, that yeah we have and it's just like it's but like i and again the fascination with the unknown like we don't know what happens when we pass we don't like when we leave our physical bodies we don't know we have not seen in quotes, right. Um, right. extraterrestrial life form, you know, things of that sort. But you know, they could be any of us. They could be you, they could be you. You could be an alien. I, I wish. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Take me back. Sure felt like an alien for a long time. Oh my goodness. So growing Absolutely. up, definitely. Yeah, like, and I'm sorry, like babies, they're all little aliens. Like what they if, are what if very alien-like. Uh, all right, no, I need to stop. I'm going to, I'm going to <laughs> so, Roger, you've been working in the horror industry for what, 15 years now? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, you have that's uh, so wild. So, you started when you were two years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was still in the womb when I filmed well, my first piece. But you're only 17, 18 years old. How is this possible? <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> 
so some of your your film credits include uh, Teacher Shortage, um, Mother Krampus 2, right? Uh, Rebirth, Chill, The Killing Games, Fighting the Sky, Hell Week, Elementary, and uh, my personal favorite, Little Evil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which, when I found out that you were in Little Evil, I was like, um, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch and see. Which you probably didn't see me. I was like, which cult member are you? I need to know. Exactly. Uh, but I am clearly seen, and I will I will send you the still of it. So. I, will, I will find it. Don't you worry. I'm going to watch it. We're going to find it. And, it, um, and it's funny because we did watch that together. We did. Like, oh, so good. I yeah. think around when it got released to streaming uh, platforms. So we were fantastic. like, we need to watch this. And it, it did not disappoint. Uh, so uh, what has your experience been like working on set? I mean, it is it is a pro, like project to project situation. I've had like horrible experiences, and I've had great experiences. And um, like you know, I mainly have worked in indie films. I've done a few movies, like Little Evil, like which is like glorified extra work. Let's be real. But um, I mean, I I got to meet. Hey, that's a credit. Yeah, it's a credit, and it, I also got to meet like Evangel and Lily, and like all these people who are people who I watching films on a regular basis and uh that was really awesome you know but overall like I've, I've done a lot of indie films and i've had i've had soul crushing experiences like i've been on sets where it has made me question whether or not this is what i want to do um there's a thing with like independent film like you know you work with a new filmmaker and you never know what you're getting into and some of them are uh, very competent and provide you with a very positive experience and some mm-hmm. of them are just guys with a camera who talk the talk and then you get on set and they do not walk the walk yeah. and it's one of those things when I was younger like I put up with a lot of that negativity um but as I've accumulated credits I've learned to say no and learned to say you know I'm drawing a line here and this is unprofessional and just because this is independent doesn't mean that there is an excuse for it to be unprofessional yeah so um I, I think the big thing I've learned is just like if you want to work with me, I'm pretty easy to work with and it doesn't take a lot. Respect my time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be disrespected. So that's the one big thing with like independent film is there's, you got to really vet out who you work with. And if someone has disrespected your time, don't work with them again. Yeah. Plain and simple. Completely understandable. Like I've, I've done only a few indie films with like makeup and things of a sort, but it's, it, I've had good experiences, but I, I get where you're coming from with the respect my time thing, because sometimes shoots like go not even just a little bit longer than expected, but like hours longer than expected. And it's just like, all right, I get it to a degree. I understand, but this isn't quite what I signed up for. Um, and you get a little frustrated at times, but I, I'm also that person who's like, I'm just going to go with this shit no matter what and see it through. Like, I will make it through. This isn't a life-ending experience, but I, I think that's just how yeah. I am. But I, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, and there's something to be said about like, how is that time being used? Like, if I'm still filming things and it's running four hours over, that's one thing. If I've been on set for eight hours and I and I don't get used multiple times on a set, that just means it's bad scheduling. Like, there's, yeah. you know, there's a difference between a set running over and someone who just doesn't know how to schedule. Um, and then like another thing, and like, I actually did a panel at um, a, a con like last year where like the topic came up where one of the actresses was talking about like, 
unprofessionalism on set and like how like women are treated. And I've seen mm. it several times where I feel, you know, I've heard comments made uh, when a woman's nude, like just because it's independent doesn't yeah. mean that that filter uh, can be peeled back and that you can say whatever you want or you can gawk. I mean, honestly, like you should, evac people should evacuate okay. the set yeah. and respect that woman who is doing that scene because that's not for you. That's for the overall film. So like, I mean, the fact that those things aren't even thought of on some of these sets, I'm like, why? Like, yeah. why are, Why would you not think of the betterment of your cast and crew? But I mean, for every complaint I have, I also have a really positive memory from another set. So it's just yeah. one of those things, like I said, you learn to vet out your projects. And uh, if you have a good experience with someone, you work with them again. And how has your experience been specifically as a queer person working in horror? So like when it's, okay. So when it started, I... The first films I did, well, the first film I did, I played like a pretty straight character. Um, and I had this like fear of, I mean, playing gay. And this was 2005 mm -hmm. when I filmed this. So like I had this paranoia. And at that time it was because I was just scared I wasn't going to get offered roles unless they were gay. Um, but then I, um, I kind of started playing like a series of these gay roles because they kept getting like offered and I, that was what I was getting. And I was so scared of it, but I realized pretty early in that a that's awesome that they're introducing yeah. queer characters into this the genre it's not something to be scared of and b the queer fan base within the genre is very prominent and pretty diehard and when mm -hmm. i started you know doing as these films started to come out and especially the roles where i played gay roles like um mother krampus to sleigh ride i played a, 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 a hooker like a drag queen hooker um, and like, and she's a rough coke addict and she's like probably like my most recognized role to be honest. Cause A, it's a holiday horror movie and B, she's yeah. like, she's very gay. Um, and like in Chill the Killing Games, my character is bisexual, uh, in Voodoo Rising, my character is a very flamboyant gay. And these like, so I was trying to play these roles that like were becoming more visible to a queer audience. And I think it's once you start to have representation, that's not so stereotypical. Mm -hmm. Like, because early in the 2000s, I was playing a lot of stereotypical roles. As it's evolved, as I've gone on and gotten older, I've gotten to play gay roles that are, that feel more fleshed out and human and not just like running off of these stereotypes, like in Teacher Shortage. The whole story arc with my character in that, never once was it meant to be like played in, in a certain way. They're just like, just play him what comes naturally and um, let that evolve. And, and Troy, who I, who I also co-host my podcast with, Troy Escamilla, um, really wanted him to feel like an authentic character and, and not just build him off of stereotypes. So I'm, I've realized that that's something that's becoming more of a trend, realistic, yeah. believable queer characters in the genre. And I'm so thankful for that. And I, I embrace that as a gay man, because I think that it's um, something that 10 years ago, you, if you're going to see a gay character, it was going to be kind of almost like a spoof. Yeah. Now, if you see a gay character, like that character they, might yeah, I was gonna say, like, I feel like now the character, um, and like any queer character, and although they're not coming up as much as they should yet, but they are becoming more prevalent in um, horror cinema. It's like, you have this character here who happens to be gay. It's not like here is this queer character. It's like, this is a character who happens to be queer. And I, I think yeah. a lot of that also comes from casting queer people to play these roles so that way 
they're coming from an authentic place. Yeah. The, the you know, and it's not like some, you know, cis straight person who maybe has never played a queer yeah. character before and they right. and they just rely on stereotypes to get the point across. Right. So I think we're seeing that a lot with queer roles. And I think like I think the new frontier, and I speak out on this just because I'm pretty passionate about it, is like trans characters. Um, is the idea of cis people playing trans roles Mm -hmm. and um, there are so few trans characters even available to be played like if they are played by anybody it better fucking be played by a transgender individual who has gone through that journey because that's a very specific journey and I don't think anybody should really try to tap into that Um, especially right now when we're still in the midst of this space, this battle for their rights and their acknowledgement. Um, and I'm thankful that like, I feel that the, the first big step to something really becoming mainstream accepted is pop culture. I've always said this. Once you start to see something bleeding over into pop culture and becoming widely accepted from that angle, it's only kind of a matter of time before it really gets into the public mind. With gays, we saw it in the 90s with like the real world and going into the L word and so forth. You know, you had this exposure and now you're seeing more and more gay actors coming out. You're seeing more and more relatable gay characters. It's just a matter of time, you know? Now with trans, you're having like a Laverne Cox. You're having shows like Pose. Yeah. Um, you're having these shows that show real stories and show real human angles to what up to that point, I think viewers thought was just like a taboo concept. And now they're realizing there's real faces to associate. There's real stories to understand. And it's giving humanity to something that people may not know a lot about. And I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah. I, I I could not agree anymore with what you just said because, you know, and again, Laverne Cox has, I think, and I don't want to, for the mainstream media, Laverne Cox, I think, was one of the first bigger um, out trans women who kind of like came into the entertainment world and like recently yeah. and kind of took it all by storm. Mm-hmm. Um which opened the door for a thing like Pose, which I, I mean, the upset, my obsession with that show is unreal. It's, it's, so <laughs> but that show I'm is not, also yeah. perfect for all of the reasons. Um, like it's, you know, a predominantly trans cast that it, that trans can people act, of color. Yeah. And color, yeah. color, more importantly, that can tap into that story and those feelings because they have lived it. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Ryan Murphy, uh, but <laughs> I think that he did the right thing with Pose by uh, bringing on other writers to kind of, yeah. you know, curate he, the story. He handled yeah. that show very well. He did. Uh, yeah. Now, American Horror Story, I think has gone a little off the rails, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, ju- I literally just started... Um, what is it 1984 is that what it was oh yeah yeah i have i just started i just started like the first episode and i was like okay yeah we'll see i mean it's it's a camp and people die i mean what more could you want but we'll we'll see i'll see how it goes but but speaking about pop culture and, and being important for you know bringing queer and bringing any minority to mainstream viewers i mean that right there the viewers of American Horror Story are across the board. Yeah. But yeah. What a queer show. Now you've got Angelica Ross, a trans yeah. actress playing a cis, a cis character. So, and, and I, yes. I, I was, uh, but, but I was also like, I mean, I love it. I love that yeah. she played a cis character, but I also, with her role, 
I, w I don't know. I just, I wish that they maybe had highlighted a little bit more of a trans experience, but I also love her playing a cis role because she's a woman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> women, women can play. And she's a women. fucking beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. Like at that. Um, but I, I don't know, like with, I think it's hard for me to separate maybe Pose from American Horror Story because I'm like, mm -hmm. you did such a great thing highlighting this trans experience for people. And Angelica, Angelica Ross, right? No. Yeah, Angelica Ross. Yeah. Angelica I'm Ross. like, why, why am I blanking on her last name right now when we just said it? Um, as much as I love her playing a cis character, I just, I wish that like, you know what, throw a little bit of the trans experience into yeah. that. My, my thing I think is, I think we've seen, we've seen so much violence against trans people. Fair, fair having fair. like and i and yes i want trans characters in my but, horror but movies and i want final girl right let her be the final girl but because i just i i don't know if we can handle any more violence against trans people especially trans people of color um so to you know to throw trans people in in as victims in a horror film is just I think I think it's too real i think it, it kind of but what if she like again she didn't have to be the victim I think one thing, and I don't want to get too off topic because I like I open this can of worms with it, but I think if we're talking on a queer podcast, I like that we're touching on this because it's important to me and it sounds like you guys, it resonates with you. I think one thing important with trans talent and trans actors is I think just like any other performer, they want the chance to prove that they can do something else. Yeah. And I think for some of this trans talent, as great as it is to tell their story, when you're, when a trans actor is like, Typecast and hold in only being able to tell that story. And they look, you know, and they are, you know, she is a woman. Like, well, here she is being given a chance to play yeah. a woman without having to have that extra layer. I think that's pretty liberating at the same time yeah. because that story has been told a lot. Another series I think that's telling the trans story very well, and I'm shocked by it, uh, is the new Saved by the Bell reboot. Really? Um, watched it. One of the characters is trans. Uh, she is young, like, she's a 17 year old trans actress. Um, and she like she's acknowledged as trans throughout it, but she's also like the popular girl in school, and oh, she's like that. kind of the bitch. Yeah, and like every and it's acknowledged, but nobody really, no one bullies her for it. Like it's actually quite evolved, and I was shocked by it. So that's something worth worth checking out. Too. Absolutely, for sure. I and I think I think you're absolutely right. I think that um, you know because for me now I love Little Shop of Horrors. It will always and forever be one of my favorite movies one of my favorite musicals it's and mj rodriguez playing audrey honest to, the, to this I day when i hear, yet, I hear it when i hear her singing it i cry it's yeah. so because you can like because even though she's playing audrey who is a is a cis woman she brings with her all of that experience yeah. as a trans woman so when she is acting and she's singing you know suddenly seymour you can feel all of that in yeah. those moments and it's so beautiful and it's and yeah. it's so heartbreaking yeah and i think she did an amazing job and i'm just sad i didn't get to see it live <laughs> yeah that's that performance that i like when i because i saw the performance of her singing that too and it takes on like this extra layer of just pain that like audrey in general is such a great character yeah written so well like so sympathetic, even when you normally wouldn't expect to be for that for that kind of a stereotype that they write her to be like a bimbo, but she's like a bimbo with a heart of gold. Um, and th but then to like take it and like give her this extra layer, um, and it's, it's who's to say she's cis or otherwise? It's just not dressed as it yeah. should be, you yeah. know. 
Um, but you knowing what you know about MJ Rodriguez, like there is a whole other layer of just humanity to a song that's already a beautiful song. Yeah, really, that struck a chord with me. I, I also got emotional watching it because I knew, you know, knowing who she is and knowing her journey, I was like, that is translating to this yeah. performance. Absolutely. Like when, when she says like, nobody ever treated me kindly, it just, it was just such a resonating moment that hit so deep. And I was just like in tears. I just <laughs> I couldn't Yeah, I, mean, I just, I, I haven't seen it yet. I'll have really, to show I, you Yeah, after no, this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to watch that eventually, but it, you know, and I, I love, I love that trans women are getting these characters for quote unquote cis women, like who have been played by cis women in the past. I just like, for when it comes to horror, I, I want a trans person to be the yes. badass of the story. Listen, that, here's a tidbit. No, but like, not, not just like, you know, the because they're, they're already badass as it is having to go through this thing that I can't even imagine to have to go through, but to be the winner, like the final girl, the final yeah. girl. Yeah. I, I want, I want the final girl experience. I want her yeah. to be the badass throughout the whole thing. I want her to be like, y'all are fucking stupid. And like, and I'm going to take yeah. control of this situation. Yeah. And I, I think it could be really empowering for the community. Yeah, Cause that's, that's what I, that's what I think should be done at this point. And I think that that's why a ball was dropped with Angelica Ross a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are aware of this and I don't know what her role is within the project uh, or how, I mean, I know she's one of the top billing, but uh, uh, India Moore Hose is one of the leads in the, in the new Escape Room, Escape Room 2. I did not know that. Yeah, she's one of the leads. I so so much. She's, she's, she's great. Fucking badass. Like so, yeah. So I'm hoping that that you know whether they play her as cis or as trans, I am hoping that they give her some of these empowering sequences for exactly the reasons you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and she's she's an incredible actress. So that she is. Yes. That would yes. be amazing to see. Uh, so uh, my next question was going to be about um, queer. Um, queer representation in horror, but I think we already did that. <laughs> so I like, we bled into that. <laughs> we bled right into it, which I kind of expected. So that's fine. Um, but my, my next question is, why do you think that we as queer people are so drawn to the horror genre? I feel like it's so common within the genre that like the characters that end up being redeemed or focused on in like a positive light are like the outcasts. And, and I feel like that is a common thread that like runs through all of these movies. And even like the idea of like, so many of them have like a strong final girl. And I don't know like about, and I'm, I'm assuming, I'm already gonna assume that this resonates with you, but like, I remember me as I was like kind of realizing my sexuality and understanding who I was and also like starting to love horror films, I started to realize like a lot of these strong women were the kid were who I related to. Um, like I grew up a very feminine child. This is my personal journey. Like I grew up idolizing my mother because I didn't have a father. Mm -hmm. So I, um, uh, when I started to see these really strong women who like, A, a lot of them were kind of like either portrayed as nerds or the quiet ones or the shy ones or the, the goth ones or whatever. Um, at the end, being the ones that it wasn't the, the popular girls or the cheerleaders that were making it to the finale. It was yeah. the, the it was the outcasts. The outcasts are always the ones that kind of like rise above, and and they it's always about kind of overcoming something personal and 
proving that they have the, the strength to make it through, you know? So I think queers, you know, we all, we're a community that's gone through hardships and we've had to prove ourselves and time and time again and fight for the right to survive. Yeah. I mean, who does that better than the leads within a horror film? You know, they, that's, that's why I think, you know, you got a lot of these uh, actresses who become iconic within the horror industry, like a Jamie Lee Curtis, who yeah. are, is also very pro-queer and very celebrated by our community because she's vocal about it. You know, they kind of, they kind of just bleed together. And I think, you know, again, like Laurie Strode was the shy one, was the nerdy one, was, was the awkward one. And she's the one that rose, uh, rose up at the yeah. end of the film and, and proved herself. Um, so I think we see that as a community and also the horror community is a close-knit community. It's it's a family with our conventions and our events yep. and so forth. And, <laughs> and very much like the gay community and our parades and our, you know, so I think there's a similarity there that we associate, you know, and, and I think, you know, we turn, much like I turn to the queer community for my family um, and the people that I'm close to, I turn to the horror community for the same reasons, regardless of sexual, uh, how they identify, you know. Um, so that's how, that's how I respond to that question. That's pretty consistent. I would answer that the same way every time I've been asked that question, because I've been asked it a few times. It's just, I think we are two close-knit communities that uh, really surround ourselves with people we start to care about. Mm -hmm. Understandable. Fuck, I... I, I don't even have anything to say because that was like the most perfect answer. No, it was great. <laughs> it was really good. Um, I, I and I think you're right. I think that um, and I've heard, and I've heard that before. Um, this hold on one second. The sun is reflecting off your phone into oh, my sorry. eyeball. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I've heard you know I've heard that before, like in so many places of you know this I like identifying with that with the final girl and 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 I you know I think that there's also another layer in it you know because we all know like this whole i like this whole idea of like being chaste and and virginal and and how that you know it, that's the thing that's gonna help you survive ultimately is you know um and i think that this is also at a time you know a lot of these films were coming out in the 80s in the early 90s where we were still in the midst of the aids yeah epidemic so i think that um that also kind of I think ties along into it this this theme that runs through of of sex is deadly and I think that and that no, was I, such a fucked up time yes and I think that so many I think so many queer people get that we understand it and you don't have to explain that like that um what's the word I'm looking for that um experience, experience to us because we get it we understand like sex can be dangerous uh yeah. so I think there's also that layer there that doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, but the more we talk about things here on the podcast, the more like that kind of seems to resonate for yeah. me. Yeah, I feel like that, that kind of like, that has been an underlying theme with so many of our guests that we have spoken to because it's, it's that feeling of having to fight even harder, just like yeah. even harder than anyone else just to live just yeah. to survive and just to exist yeah yeah well and saying like i mean beyond horror just in general like our our community has seen challenges for decades i mean for, for decades beyond i mean like let's be real like our I, there's never there's rarely been times in forever. our society in which forever. we've been accepted forever it's always been a taboo yeah. 
Um, and so now you look at something like a widespread illness and people are flipping their shit. And like, I'm like, oh, okay. well, I mean, like, and to be honest, like, and I'm open <laughs> about this. And this is something I've been open about as an actor. I, I'm HIV positive. And I am, I, I've lived, I've lived with that now for like eight years. And it's one of those things that when I translate it to a character or something like, I mean, I'm not scared of a lot of things anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a lot to frighten me. So if I'm going to be playing a final girl, you know, but a final character or something like, yeah, yeah you tap into those, you tap into that mentality uh, because that character needs to rise above whatever it is that's coming for them that's providing the fear factor they need to rise above it and they need to find that internal strength and overpower it and uh what better you know for uh, you know as a queer person uh what better than something that has been truly terrifying for our culture yeah uh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that yeah no yeah. i yeah no thank you so much um you, that was you, know, you didn't have to so thank yeah. you for sharing no i got it. it's one of those things i think it i think it's so important to you know there's still a taboo and i i'll, I'll say this you know i've shared it before and i have no problem talking about it because i think our art especially within our culture like a lot of these younger queers now with prep and everything like it's it's almost kind of being swept under the rug a bit or it's yeah like it just it needs to be discussed it also needs to be something that we're not scared of but it needs to be acknowledged i'm not scared of sharing that but i'm going to share it with anybody who asks me because it's my duty um but I, I i have no problem sharing it and i think more people need to be more comfortable having the dialogue about it i i agree because sure. i do think that and prep prep is a wonderful thing that has happened to the community Absolutely. but i think that with the introduction of prep the introduction like having that sex talk has kind of like the the age mm -hmm. aids hiv talk has kind of been swept under the rug a little bit it's just like mm -hmm. prep yeah it's like you still need to be safe. i mean the one the one good thing i will say is with with a lot of people being on prep now in order to remain on your prep, you have to get tested regularly. Yep. So a lot of people are getting tested more regularly than they were before. Yeah. That's that is a, a good thing, and I think you know, especially because, you know, before I before I started, got, I so I I got on prep maybe a year and a half ago, and I was, um, I kept saying to myself, ah, I don't have to get tested. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. And then I turned around and I was like, I can't wait anymore. I have to go, and I need yeah. to start. Like I need to start really monitoring and being aware. And, and I mean, I wasn't really very sexually active. I was, it was just me, myself and I, um, <laughs> and quite a few porn videos, um, but, but, you know, um, and am I gonna, am I gonna lie and say that maybe being on prep hasn't made me a little looser in my in more ways than one <laughs> right back, back to the fucking meringue uh, <laughs> um, like a stand mixer anyway oh um my so, God. <laughs> but um no but de but you know but it, it, that i am definitely more conscious and aware now than i ever was yeah. before about yeah. my status uh, about getting tested making sure that i'm getting tested on time and regularly yeah. um and if but, it, honestly, if it hadn't been for me getting on prep, I probably would have been doing the same thing that I've been doing for years, which is right. like, eh, I can wait another month. Eh, I can wait yeah. another month. But then, also has, like, has your experience of being on prep made you more, like, open and 
what like wanting to have the status conversation oh, yeah. with any sexual partner that absolutely you have. because before it was you know i mean i'd be like well I, yeah last time i got tested i was negative but it's like well when the lens last yeah, time I got tested, exactly. so then that opens <laughs> right. up another conversation so you avoid then, it like, yeah. yeah so then you yeah. avoid having the it's conversation awkward. And it's be, awkward because then you're like well i haven't been tested in 10 months but last yeah. time I, tested, I was so it's like but now i'm like well i got tested three months ago mm -hmm. and it, and i was negative i'm on prep and you know and it's so much it's it's more comfortable to have the conversation so i feel like I, i'm more willing okay. to much so i've had the conversation so many times with guys who it'd be like um you know where i'd be like well i'm hiv positive and i because i share that pretty much right off the bat and um and we'll get to talking about it and i'll be like okay well last you know last people you've slept with um did you just go off trusting their word that oh i'm negative yeah. like oh I'm, you know, I'm i get tested when did you get tested did you did you did they show you the results was it from a month ago was it from six months ago like how many of these guys on these websites on these apps and not to like straight off into a totally different topic but this is like deep and resonates yeah like you know they say they're negative you're like okay cool come raw dog me like it's just you know it's you go off of someone's word and like at least now now for me as someone who i'm like hiv positive and someone comes to me and says oh well you know do you take meds i'm like oh absolutely i take my meds do you there you do go because i'm doing my job and that's only 50 percent of it now you have work to do so uh i'm already safe and mm -hmm. making my good choices you can make good choices for yourself as well and take that weight off my shoulders a little yeah. bit you know so. and and once again like thank you for sharing all of this because this is yeah. i think more than i like i this is definitely more than i expected but i kind of do like where this is going because um i i do think that there is such a stigma Mm -hmm. around being hiv positive even still like to this day and it's fucking it's honestly it's dumb and even even not with, dumb not dumb that's a terrible word but it's like well no the, sti that, the stigma is the dumb. stigma the is stigma dumb. is dumb. yeah and i think i think that especially now where we have studies that show that if you are if you have a, a you know an like no viral load and you like you cannot you cannot yeah. infect yeah. someone with hiv we know this it's not yeah. It's not a myth. It's not. It is fat. It is. It is scientific. Yeah. And yet, it's still such Data. a like <laughs> yeah. taboo thing. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I and I think that you know, <laughs> and it ties into what we're what we're discussing because very much, especially, you know, for the queer community, people are people are still so um, paranoid about it, but not in the way that they should be. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 very like it's very like Trumpish in terms of like. I don't know all of the information. I only read this like one article three years ago, but yeah. that has yeah. formed my entire like concept and idea of what this is. But then also um, you said you were negative from a year and a half ago, breed me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, my mentality with like talking about something like this and the reason I'm so open with it at this point is like, we're having this great you know interview or having this awesome discussion and I, I you know and hopefully some of the people that are listening to this are people who like know my work or whatever um and don't know this about me and when this topic does come up after hearing all of this other awesome material and this is just one other aspect of who i am as an yeah. actor i mean then they should be like oh this is such a minor aspect of what yeah this, this person is i like his work regardless of who it is this is what people need to hear you know yeah. is things like this because there's not a ton of positive positive role models you know um yeah. so i do think it's important for our community to just start getting introduced to people who do live that lifestyle you know yeah, this isn't who you are this is just yeah. a part of 
who you happen to be. Yeah, part of your experience. Yeah. And it's part, part of the reason why I make a great final girl. There you there go. go. <laughs> and we brought it back. <laughs> Full circle. Listen, I, I love an empowering final girl story. Yes. Thank you. We love yes. that. Yes. Oh, give me some more of that. I know. Actually. Really? Have you guys seen the final girls? Oh, <laughs> uh, I haven't yet, but I, I, I keep seeing it and I'm like, I need to watch this. Listen, as a gay man, you'll lose your shit. Just go watch it. Okay. It'll bring emotions out of you. You'll love it. No. Not my other cat. That's my other cat. Oh, wow. Social. <laughs> I love it. I have two. I have two calicos. I'm a calico queen. Goodness. Um, yeah, they're fucking lot. Um, oh my god, we're about are we on bottle number two? Oh, we're on and this is the big this is the big bottle. The magnum this bottle. Was, <laughs> this was the original bottle. This yeah, we're working up. <laughs> we're stretching it open. <laughs> Let me tell you. That's what I like to do. I like to I like to gently ease it in on my own terms, you know. Like don't we all? I clean it out and then I start with you know a plug and then move up, you know. Oh, oh. You're elbow deep. And then, <laughs> and then all and then and then I have I have like for my dildo is is probably it's it's probably bigger than it than it needs to be. Needs to be, yeah. They always are. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is it's good because then even if I'm having sex with a guy who's smaller than my dildo, yeah. Um, it's still honestly, I think it feels better. Um, but I, but because my thing is, if we're gonna have sex, I just want to have sex. I don't want to do this whole like twenty minutes of like easing into it. Uh, uh, I want to have, uh, uh, <laughs> have sex like straight people have sex where they just in and out. <laughs> they don't shower. They don't. Oh. They don't put in a breath mint. They just <laughs> oh oh my god. They don't have to douche their buttholes. That's what I want. It's agonizing. Oh my god. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but you know, because that's the like. It's it's so much work. It's so it is a lot of work. Being a gay, being a gay is just exhausting. Being a gay, (laughs) (laughs) no, the breeders just don't understand. Get it? (laughs) I I sympathize only because I hear so much. My favorite are my um, my straight my cis straight female coworkers who are. Like, oh my god! So I tried anal for the first time. Oh, those people! And then I'm, I'm like, like, I'm like, okay, that's. I was like, stop giving <laughs> some pointers. Let's right now, right off the bat. Poppers, let's talk. Yeah, right. right. Poppers, you need to get yourself a butt plug. <laughs> but it's so, and I especially love like the little, the little cis white girls who are like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, come on. Whenever they say it hurt too much, I go, okay, did you use lube? And they're like, no. No, no, they're not that bad, are they? They're not that bad. Of course. Baby steps. Baby steps. It is not going to be enough. Get yourself some (laughs) KY or some. The guy's like, something. Like, Available at CVS and otherwise, Walgreens. Right? Otherwise, you're going to olive oil. Something. <laughs> something. Otherwise, you're going to use Mexico. Right. That's every, not cute. Every white bitch has coconut oil in her yeah. house. <laughs> Black something. On I it. don't know why because it's not like they're putting it in their hair. I. But you, they they all have it because they think it's a skincare thing because they all have dry, they all have dry skin. Because they use Neutrogena. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> well, this is the end. No, no, it's fine. I there's probably like two white girls, including Deirdre, who listen to this. Oh. 
Um, so the next question that I want to ask you is, uh, and I already read it on your IMDb page, but I'm going to ask you so that our listeners can hear. Uh, can you give us your top three favorite horror films? If not, your top three, if you want to give us your top five, that's fine. I know that your favorite movie is The Wizard of Oz, but you're going to have to leave. Oh my- <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite, just because of the story I told you earlier, my, my favorite horror movie is Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Yep. By far. It just, it defined my love for the genre. Yeah. I think that's, um, and, of, that's in my top three as well. Yeah, I, it's, on, yeah, it's, yeah. it's such an amazing film. It really is. Yeah, and super claustrophobic. It just, yeah. it, but it's it's just the 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 buildup of that paranoia within the house is just yeah. so well done. Yeah, and it it really it resonates in such, especially because you already have these the the cultural aspect. Yeah, layered on top because you have a black leading man in the film. So yes. right away, there is there is this this cultural divide between him and the other people in the house. Yes, the paranoia is already there, and yeah. then you add on zombies, and it's just and the fact that the zombies are the secondary threat at the yeah. end of the day, like that's what it is, and that to me is what makes a really good horror movie. Is like a lot of times, like the monster or the creature or the killer or whatever represents something greater, you know? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. We, yeah. we talked about on our last our last episode with Crimson Kitty, we were talking about Midsummer and we were talking about Hereditary as well. And I said that one of my favorite things about those films is that the um, the supernatural aspect is is the secondary layer of the film. The films are written as family dramas or psychological dramas. And then that supernatural aspect is layered on top of it. And that's what makes it such a good film because yeah. it's, it's, it, it's, and it's the reason why I love, I love The Walking Dead, which a lot of people fell off of. They think, you know, eh, it's not, it, it's not exciting anymore. Where are the zombies? Cause it's not about the zombies. The zombies are just that, are just a catalyst for yeah. what's yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And that's, and that's how like Romero designed it. And I think any good zombie film moving forward sticks true to that aspect like the zombies are just kind of used as a plot device almost yeah. uh, and some good kill sequences but um yeah no the um have you watched black summer on netflix black summer yes i loved it i have not i thought it's it was so, especially because now i i mean i like um z nation i thought z nation was super fun and just, <sighs> yeah like like hilarious it was a good time gina gershon we keep coming back to this i love <laughs> gina gershon um and i was like um, Gina Gershon is like this, like random, like queen of these like Mexican gang members. Yeah. I was obsessed. Anyway, so, uh, but to go from, you know, you have Z Nation, which is like campy and ridiculous and over the top, and then to be like, well, this is Black Black Summer, which is the you know the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the um, prequel to yeah. Z Nation, but it is so serious, so dark. Really? So beautifully shot. I haven't watched shot. it yet, so I'm like... Yeah. It's beautiful. It's very well shot. So yeah, I think it's very much like a, a a prequel and like spiritual prequel more so. Like, I mean, it's... I think it's supposed to be like kind of set in the same universe but told from a different angle. Yeah. At least that's what I've kind of taken away from it because like what I love about it is how serious it is. And like, I yeah. did not anticipate liking it as much as I did. Because normally like... I, like uh, it's it's so zombies are so overdone at this point and it's really hard to like reel me in even if i do say it's my favorite genre um you've i've seen it done so many different ways yeah. but i think that what black summer did really well was have some really good human moments 
mm-hmm. like and Jamie King, whom I love, uh, <laughs> does a great job in it. But yeah. yeah, no, I was super into it. Um, and just so you know, my movie Rebirth is a retelling of Night of the Living Dead, um, with Barbara changed to a gay man. All right. So okay. Just in case it's a, it, we just got picked up for distribution. I'll send you guys a screener if you want to watch it. Yeah. It's my directorial yeah. debut. Uh, some like some of the characters, like Ben is still in it, um, and like a good amount of the characters are in it. But I changed like the Cooper family to uh, a Westboro Baptist Church kind oh. of group. So there's that angle, and then. And then Barbara's character is now Adam, who's a gay man in this house with like this like extreme evangelicals. Um, and it's very much like set in today's Trump dystopian world. Because okay. the big thing in Night Living Dead was Ooh. the social context. Yeah. And I still wear the trench coat, so it looks cute. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll send you guys the screener to check out because I um, I'm wanting to get feedback. You know, it's my, my directorial debut, you know. Yeah. Um, but my other my other two favorite horror films I would say would be The Shining. Okay. Because I love the imagery. I'm really big on striking imagery. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. And then um, John Carpenter's The Thing, because I'm huge on like animatronics and uh, practical effects. And I think that's the best of it. So I, I need to focus more on this because surprisingly, you are the first person I think to say the thing. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love that movie. So John good. Carpenter's the thing. I love yeah. that movie so much. Mm-hmm. That was a huge like practical effects inspiration to me besides the original Evil Dead movie. Mm-hmm. The thing was a huge inspiration to me. I love that movie so yeah. much. It's and it goes back to what we've been talking about through a lot of the podcasts of this paranoia, not trusting other people. And I exactly. think, and and especially right now it resonates so well because you don't know who you can trust and who you can't who's infected yeah so it's it's such a great film and yeah we we, we appreciate your choices (laughs) and i will say if you like good practical effects because this is like a close runner-up for me is the 1988 remake of the blob starring shawnee smith okay have you seen it have you seen it i have not just watch it. It is the best, some of the best practical effects I've ever seen. Really? Seriously, like you wouldn't expect it. Um, a child is killed. And I always love when children are killed in films. <laughs> it's very dark. Honestly, I, I, love, I love any good human kill. I love children kill because I think yeah. it's taboo, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot deal with an animal Oh yeah, kill. No, we can't do it. Oh, I agree. I uh, agree on that. But, you know, I was, so I'll say, I, and we disagree here, but the, um, the most recent Halloween that came uh-huh. out, I loved. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was very fresh. It was nice to just go back to basics, take no, out man. all the middle, and it's just Laurie Strode and Michael. Love it. So um, the one th- the one missed opportunity I think that they had was the whole movie. Was <laughs> was there's a moment where Michael is walking through this house and there's this baby crying. Yeah. And in my mind, all I could think was, why did he not kill the, like, if he had done that, <laughs> it would have, it would have, well, for me, what it would have been, it would have, it would have really showed Michael as a monster. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and for them to miss that opportunity, I was just like. So why, but why are you more of a monster for killing a baby than a grown ass adult? Because babies are defenseless. But also, like, babies haven't contributed anything to the world yet. And they never will if you kill them, so kill them. 
And this is our anti-abortion ad. <laughs> this has all been leading up to this. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't like I don't like babies or remakes. Yeah, she doesn't like which I there are certain things that I enjoy in terms of remakes or reboots. I like I said, I liked Halloween. I thought that going back, like cutting out all the the fluff in the middle and just start and just having it be a continuation of the first film, I, I loved. Yeah. So Halloween 2 is one of my favorite films. Um, and I like went in with an open mind, but um, in, on, in respecting everyone's opinion, because we're all entitled, it was my least favorite movie of the year. Okay. Mm-hmm. I loathed it with a fiery passion that I can only compare to an exploding star. Um, so yeah, I, I really did not connect with this new Halloween and I'm still going to see the new one because I love Jamie Lee Curtis, but I felt yeah. like the approach to trauma I thought was really honed in. It, it's the same dialogue I've heard in so many movies about her having this, like, and I built a whole trap in my house. And this is realistic. <laughs> and like, and I'm going to open this door and all these gates come down. Like, bitch, how? And I also felt like a lot of the sequences were just taken from former Halloweens. And I don't know if it was like a hat tip or just theft, yeah. but um, Hall- I mean, I love the Halloween series. I've worked with Tamara Glenn, um, mm-hmm. uh, who played Samantha in Halloween 5. Yeah. She played my mother. Um, but overall, I, um, yeah, I really like, ooh, I like, I went on a rant. I was like, this is the worst film I've ever seen. But uh, I'm still going to see the other one because I love Jamie Lee Curtis and I love I, like, I'll probably go see it eventually. I, I have a very important question to ask you, though. And I'm what? sure as a person involved in the horror community, you have come up to bat with this question before. Halloween three season of the witch. Like, it's what it, because I just have to treat it as its own thing. Like yeah. I, if you look at some films as like, there's a lot of, okay. Like the uh, silent night, deadly night series. Like eventually yeah. it just becomes an anthology series. It's to me, it's not part of the Halloween series, but as a film, it's really cool. It's just not the Michael Myers storyline, Yeah. but I've got to disconnect it. If I can watch it and just kind of like hone it out then yeah, it's actually like, it's a really cool concept. So I, I just, think I think that is the way that any person who actually like, I think people who hate the movie and if anyone disagrees with me, please email us. I don't remember our email address. Julia loves to argue. So she- I do, but what's our email? <laughs> I love it. Our email address is I spit in your mouth podcast at gmail.com. So if anyone disagrees with me for this reason that I'm about to speak, please let me know because I think that anyone who cannot disconnect Halloween 3 from the Michael Myers storyline are the only people who don't like Halloween 3. So I wasn't, I'm not like the biggest fan of Halloween 3, but Gulia, Gulia said something to me a while ago and, she, and it, it, I felt personally attacked. But you she, goes, she goes, so you love trick or treat, <laughs> but you didn't like Halloween 3. And I was like, yeah that's like that was the trick-or-treats that is what trick-or-treat based there's and that's the thing that drives me mad is that like people are like oh yeah trick-or-treat love this like we love sam blah 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 halloween three trash i'm like but how i, I need yeah, I need to watch it again. Is really. I think it's one of those things when there's like an iconic figure in a franchise that you associate with a franchise to not have that iconic figure part of the franchise. Some for some reason people feel disconnected. Like looking at and like 
Friday the 13th is a great example. Friday the 13th is defined by Jason Voorhees in the hockey mask. Now, lest we forget that the first two movies, the first one wasn't even Jason General. The second one, he had the bag. Mm-hmm. But because that franchise has really defined that, I know plenty of young, plenty of like, you know, young horror fans who don't even connect the fact that he's not, you know, he's not the main killer in the first movie. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that I think we start to really associate certain things with a franchise. And Michael Myers is so iconic that to like have those first two movies be so big and, you know, really defining of the genre mm-hmm. to take such a bold direction with the third movie i think people just felt disconnected uh but it doesn't mean it's a bad film i just think it was a really bold choice you know i i and i can agree with that but i i think i love it even more for the bold choice than it made yeah like i I think that we i i think that especially like halloween halloween the original fire like hot halloween 2 fantastic and then halloween they took this like completely different turn but i i kind like and i don't know if maybe it's because i wasn't like actively watching and present while the movies were being released but i fucking loved every second of it because i think that it was just like by the way we're gonna veer off and tell this completely different story yeah like and then right after back to it well another example of i mean like this is not this is when people really like open their minds this is not uncommon the prom night series yeah the superior prom night film in my opinion is hello mary lou prom night two the sequel to prom night one which is in no way like the first movie um and that i mean they chose again to go an anthology route so like that's something that a lot of series choose to do just to keep things fresh i just think because halloween was so in the public eye and so again like defining of the genre that people had expectations like michael myers is what makes halloween and anything else isn't halloween and i think that is a closed-minded mentality at the end of the day i think it would have worked better had they not done halloween 2 to do a different story had they made it a one-off like Michael Myers and then this and then season of the witch is is two and then another story for the third and yeah. make it a legit anthology but to have once they solidified Michael Myers's character by doing a sequel I think yeah. that any chances of making an anthology series out of that wouldn't have worked yeah but, yeah I don't know I just I and again I think we'll argue this to the death but I do want to make you revisit Halloween three, and hopefully we will be able to do that before our next recording, so we could revisit this conversation. See, there's a thing I really want to do that's gonna that's really mean, and I probably shouldn't do it, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I'll watch Halloween three with you, if you watch the director's cut of the Evil Dead remake with me. <laughs> Does she hate it? Does she hate it? I hate it. Oh my god! I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I'll give you that one. See, I really like the Evil Dead remake, so, right. but I get I, I, I look at it as a different film. I think me right, too. I, I, I don't right. look at it as so Evil Dead. But it's here's different. my thing: is that we are all saying remake. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different, and it was proposed as a remake. My another th- another thing, and I've said this before: that is my favorite fucking. Movie. It is, and I love. I am I very. Love I am, Dead. no, but I am very emotionally attached to that movie, and that's fine. I love it very much. I I, I love every right, you know every I'll, iteration of it. I love all right. I love all Hold of the on. movies. I love the musical. I love the I love the reboot. I love the new video game. Have you seen the, the new video game? I love so I, I cannot wait for the video. We're gonna play it together. So, 
I played I played the video we need to start game a Twitch. that was on like what a PS2. Yeah, I think so. I love that. But game. we need to get a yeah. Twitch so that we can play that video game. People can watch us. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this new one, the They're new gonna one. You're going to see me like, make a lot of great. ugly ass faces. I'm going to be like. <laughs> and I play, I'm like. Twitch um, so, sounds terrible. But <laughs> I, I will. How long is the director's cut? It's not too much longer. They added in a lot more gore. They Like basically yeah. what they did was they extended all of the gore se- sequences. That's right. what I want. You know what? I will agree. Yeah. Okay. Handshake. Thank you. So you're witnessing it. You're witnessing it. Peace amongst the land. I love it. I will watch the Evil Dead remake. Remake as long as you watch Halloween three. All right. All right. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. We're (laughs) we're building bridges here. Building bridges. I love it. it. It's a very shaky bridge made out of (laughs) some. (laughs) Will you make it across? I don't know. Sure. We, we may. We so, may. <laughs> so our next question for you is when we ask all of our all of our guests, and it's um it's become like the staple of our interviews. Controversial. Very controversial. Uh so we want to know, and I'm sure our listeners want to know, what horror creature or 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 um or character do you identify with the most? Is it like vampires, witches? Um, zombies, cryptids. werewolves, cryptids. I'm gonna get specific. I'm gonna get okay. to, like, That's can fine. I do like a tortured, a tortured telekinetic a la Carrie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like in, because, like in Friday the 13th, the new blood. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I, because I, I have so many moments where I'm like, God, I fucking wish I could just fucking make their head explode. Yeah. Like, and I, I internalize it, but like, I was the outcast when I was younger, and then I, I like blossomed into myself, but I still have moments where I'm like, oh, like I can feel it surging inside of me. Um, so yeah, I would say like I would say like Carrie White probably. I, I identify a lot with a Carrie White. I love that. I I really really I do. do. Also, uh, okay. So I, haven't we all had got, that Carrie moment though? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I got I got terribly like, bullied in them school. All. Like yeah, terribly them. bullied in school. I was. They're yeah. all laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you. Yeah, I called breast mother and everybody else. <laughs> and Eve was weak. Say it. <laughs> well, I, I even had like a not not quite to the degree, but I had an experience where this kid was like trying to have me hang out with them and their friends, and they were the popular kids. I was such an outcast. And at the end, they all like concocted something to laugh at me. So you like I, I definitely I wish you should have sucked yeah. his dick and made him cry. That's what you should have done. I was 13, 14. <laughs> I was the dick at 13. <laughs> I was not. I was a, you know what though? I think, I think at that point, I think everyone in my life was like, this kid's going to be asexual. We have no idea what's going on with this kid, but something's not right. That's fine. But Something's still not no, right. No, I, I, I love that. I love that answer. I love, I love Carrie. Um, such an amazing movie. I, I even love the musical, which um, yeah. is very controversial, but I do. No, I love it. I love when it's done with a drag queen in the leading role. Uh, <laughs> and here we love, go. <laughs> I would love to play dream role. Mrs. White. I would. Oh, and Eve was uh, weak. Yeah. Oh and God me from Adam's rib and Eve was weak. I would love all that. anything. I would. When she's. So in the original version of, I because I've watched it so many times on YouTube, in the original performance of that, instead of having her like in like a little closet that they put her in, there was, it was a trap door in the floor 
and she's like shoving Carrie's Carrie into this like trap door. And I was like, this is so much more iconic. This is a mission in the movie. Like, like for real. It was so yeah. intense. And I was like, uh, no, that's this is how the movie should have gone. Like, lock her in the cellar, bitch. So good. I saw a teenager production of Carrie. <laughs> Like teens, and I was like, "Oh God, this is going to be awful." And like, let me tell you, the hormones and like the angst really translated on that stage. And at one point, when like the gym went into blaze, the entire segment of the stage dislocated, and Carrie like floated towards the table, came at the audience, and it was horrifying. And I was like, "These children are terrifying." It was actually quite wonderful. You're like, these Um, children are fucked. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. They needed this. (laughs) I really like. So I wish that. It's, it's very wild to like reflect back, um, you know, we're in our thirties now, or I'm in my thirties and reflecting back. We're all, on, and we're all, we're all there with you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're all right there. With you. <laughs> so reflecting back on like high school, middle school, even early 20 era. Of oh yeah. Self, I'm like, oh, rough. You know, the bitch thought she knew the world. Yeah. And she knew nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And then we got hit with a lot of reality real quick. Yep. Hard. Like a, yeah, like a mushroom stamp to the face. Where now I'm like, all right, cool. If I had come into contact with my like younger bullies now. Cool. And so, I'll, so I will say, so when, when you hit the apps at a certain age and like you still are semi-close to where you went to school and you occasionally come across these people, I love, I will sometimes purposely match. Like I've come across one experience where I purposely match with someone and they're like, oh, hey, you know, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. You look so great. And I was like, oh, thanks. You you ruthlessly bullied me in high school. So block. Yeah. Very rewarding. Yeah, very see, rewarding. My, my thing is because as growing up and not being very like of a physical kind of person like I wasn't fighting back I wasn't I was getting beat up and I didn't know how to defend yeah. myself so I learned how to defend myself with words and now I'm a ruthless bitch <laughs> yeah. now yeah. it's bad because like like, but that's the one thing. Like, I will, I like people. Like, okay, you can. Yeah, hit you've me. gotten really you can good hurt at me. arguing with people on the internet. Like, you can hurt me. That's fine. But let me tell you, I will. I will. I'll make you cry with my words, and that's fine. Like, because at the end of the day, I yeah. know I came out on top, yeah. um, and I never top. So that's saying something. I was gonna say uh, <laughs> top. <laughs> you are in this one scenario. <laughs> All right, fair. The we'll only take it time. This one time. I'll say like I've. I'm, I've luckily had like a good, because I was A, like gayer than Christmas from a very young age. <laughs> my mother my mother said I sashayed out of the womb. Oh um, no. <laughs> uh, and I, I just was, it was just inevitable that this, that this, that this plunging neckline would come into fruition at some point. I was going to say, but I really, so I appreciate that as this interview has gone on, we've gotten a little glisten. I love oh, it. Yeah. Like, well, the light's hitting me really well. I love that. <laughs> it's like, it's Gotten a little bit more, show, more shoulder. And more shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it's it. It's very Gypsy Rose. It's like, I love, look, exactly. look at this clavicle. Look at this clavicle. I love. Do you see I my love. bone? Do you see this bone? This is my bone? This, bone? My bone? this is all I got. <laughs> this is all I got. <laughs> Everything from here now. Yeah, yeah. But, um, 
so like I, I, I was super gay and I was super shy. And so like through grade school and high school, I was just very awkward. And I was like a, a chunky kid. It was just like, I was the worst of all possible worlds for being that age. So like, then as I like grew up and like had my like ugly duckling phase where I like blossomed a little bit and just became more confident in everything. I've been really lucky to have like a lot of the people who bullied me because I went to private Catholic school through high school traumatizing um I've had a lot of people come to me and like apologize I've had a lot of people say listen I was I know that I was not educated but you also like are part of the reason that I understand that like homosexuality is not a choice because you are gay and you are you have been gay since I can remember um and I've had like that happen on more than a handful of times so I'm I'm appreciative for the evolving mind of a lot of people out there because some people are just assholes beginning to end and some people could grow and change yeah no i i completely agree with that i i do think that some people grow and change i will however always hold with me i'm i'm a very petty person i love it i will go out of my way to make someone uncomfortable even if it makes me slightly uncomfortable but like just just to prove a point you know this yeah Mm -hmm. i get it so like I if, I, if I could, I don't care who you are. I don't care how grown you are and like how much more understanding you are. Unless you come out the bat and say, I am so sorry. Like, let me explain the reasons why. And I appreciate you now as a human. Unless they started with that, I'm like dead to me. Let me go out of my way to make you uncomfortable. Like if I were really smart, I would have matched with that kid, let it on for a little while. And then- Sucks a dick and then make him cry. No, not, not even <laughs> that. Bitch. <laughs> I would have met up, got a dinner, expensive, got some drinks, also expensive, and then just run out. Yeah. Just run out. Are you Italian? I am not. He is. Because <laughs> I was like, girl, <laughs> I know who you <laughs> Very Irish. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually Irish. very also. Irish. Yeah. Um, but I... Italian, Very Irish. Um, gotcha. So the petty, I feel like the, I feel like the two cultures are very linked though. And the fact that we both have a very high level of alcoholism, alcoholism <laughs> and holding a grudge. Oh yeah. I feel yeah. like both cultures, oh, yeah. like we will hold a grudge until the day we fucking mm-hmm. die. If things yeah. are Right in. Except with Italians, we'll make you feel really guilty about it the whole time. Yeah, we're just like, yeah, good idea. Very that, or like, I'll throw, a, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw a punch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm predominantly Irish. Grew up with my my like family is a uh, very a good chunk of my family is exactly as you just described. Yeah, I uh, I was for a majority of my life, but I um I've learned. To, I don't know. I've just let some shit go. <laughs> yeah i have come down a lot but every once in a while i still get a little zesty and oh, like geez. it's yeah there are a few people in there who if they came into the picture now i would have a few things to sort out i will say that there's a handful of them not many but uh they are ones who have definitely stuck in my mind for a reason like so. i haven't spoken to my sister in five years <laughs> i don't know i don't even know how long it's been yeah. We, we love a good grudge. It is what it is. Uh, I, but when my grandmother passed away, I was like, did anyone call Robin? <laughs> I was the one who was like, please, someone please call. I'm not going to call her, but somebody please call her. <laughs> Can I tell you? So, so Dottie and I are very close friends. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would say probably best friends. Way, way too fucking close. Yeah, way too close. <laughs> um, but I I have like never heard you speak about Robin before. <laughs> Cause that's how that's how tightly I hold that. That's guy. how dead it is, she is. I hold it right you. here. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> I understand it for yeah. sure. We love it. <laughs> So, not to be confused with The Grudge, which was a terrible movie, which was terrible. unfortunate because Sarah Michelle Gellar, anyway. Um, <laughs> we love Buffy. So, speaking of Sarah Michelle Gellar, who are some of your favorite horror hotties? Oh, God. Um, um, I almost feel like I don't, like, can I, can I go, like, either gender with this? I can yeah, tell you a little absolutely. Now, right? Yeah, um, I, like I'm a big like in the '80s in the sense of like the the people that I find like iconic is like Olivia Hussey. Okay. Like I just think she's like it's more in the sense of like she's just hauntingly beautiful. You know what I mean? Um, oh my god, but who would I think would be like my token like hot piece of ass in a horror movie? Um, I mean, if you, if you ever need some inspiration, Dottie. I always say the, the entire male cast of Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> and I always I always say Bruce Campbell, but I would also like yeah. to add Linnea Quigley to my list. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say, honestly, and like people don't necessarily love this remake, but the cast I think was pretty great. Uh, the Black Christmas 2006 remake, the girls mm-hmm. in it. I honestly I think, haven't watched it. I... And I, I was so worried I was going to hate it. And I loved it. I hated this new one that just came out. Um, but I really loved oh, the they did it again. Oh my God, I hated it. But that's just me. That's just me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 2006 one, like you just, they, they went hokey. They went like cheesy with it, but they purposely like, I think they knew exactly what they were doing. They weren't trying to remake the tone of Black Christmas. They were trying to do their own thing, but they keep like elements of the storyline and tied into it. But like, just like, um, like Michelle Trachtenberg is in it. Oh, um, uh, Mary Elizabeth that's Winstead. That's for sure. I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead might be one of my like on my list for sure of like okay. favorite like like at least modern like right now uh, females. Um, I don't know why it's all chicks. Like I can't think of a ton of guys in the horror genre that I'm like I want to fuck it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's honestly like all women. Isn't that kind of weird? That's interesting. I I mean I I there's. I mean, all of the men in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. I'm like, especially those that like, when, like the shaggy hair and like Kevin Bacon, you know, just like uh, it does it for me, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, I get it. Um, but uh, I also love Ben Feldman, who I mean, he's only been like in a couple things. He was in the um, Friday the Thirteenth remake, which was not good. Yeah. Um, but he, I love him. Uh, and then he was also in As Above, So Below which I, I love that movie. I've seen it. Yeah, I, that's, that's the one where they go into the French catacombs, yes. right? I really like that movie. I thought I, it was really cool. I really love that movie. I think that it's, it's so beautifully done. I think that it, it's a really great found footage film. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so different than any of the others. And it, it, it blends mythology into the story very well. It's just, it's so well done. I really, really enjoyed it. But he's just, I don't know what it is. I think it's the dark hair and the light eyes that's just like, it really gets me going. I got it. it. Oh, you know what? I've got a, I've got a movie and I don't normally like to tap into this franchise, but this was very defining for me as a teen in the sense of like, Ooh, do I find men attractive? Yes, I do. Jeepers Creepers 2. 
Okay. All okay. the dudes in that movie, there's a lot of Italians. There's a lot of guys <laughs> in tight jeans with their shirts off. Lots of bronze bodies covered in oil. And I was like, you I get it. I totally fucking get it. So that, that might be my <laughs> cast of like, if we're going to say horror hotties, like men, that would be the cast that I would be like, no wonder because the guy was a creep and a pedophile, <laughs> the guy that was casting everybody. So he's like, let's get some young hot ass in this movie. I mean, but, um, well, yeah, I mean, that'll do it. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's his name in, in the first one? Uh, Long. Justin Long. Justin, Justin, Justin Long. Oh, I love him too. I, I just, oh, he just, he, you know what it is? He has that that dopey look about him that gets okay. me. Like, kind of like Michael Phelps has that like dopey look. That dopey, I, like not fully developed. Like, oh. yeah, I love it. I'm like, ooh, you like, you know who it's, I'm- He's a himbo, you know? It's like, he <laughs> looks like he's, he's attractive, but he looks yeah. not smart. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> yeah, the one person who I liked a lot, who I think has only been in this, um, from 28 Days Later. The striking oh, um, eyes. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Silly yeah. Murphy. Yes. Yes. Murphy. yes. I was like, <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> Karen Culkin again. Beautiful. But yeah, I like a light eye. Killian Murphy. Kind of Irish, yeah. Irish name. Yeah, Killian Murphy. So stunning. But what a beautiful, what a fucking beautiful person. And naked in like the first like minute of the movie. Love it. Yes. Can I tell you? All about it. I remember very little from that movie except for him and the running fast moving zombies. Yes. That's I remember I remember him laying in that bed, uncut penis out there to flopped out. We we love to see it. We love to see it. It's just Yeah. Well the first thing I thought of when you're like, who are your like token horror hotties? I'm like, okay, I am an ass man and I'm trying to think like how many like which uh, instantly I'm like what is my favorite ass in like a horror film and I really like none are coming to mind I feel very deprived like I can't think of like one key sequence where someone shows like their bare ass there's in a horror not movie a lot of, there's honestly unfortunately there's not a lot of male nudity yeah it's in a lot of like films. Cis- it's all boobs and I will so- say in my film Rebirth you get not one but two penises so oh, ideally can <laughs> you get that screener now yeah. <laughs> um, um, no but I also like and but there's you know, zombie penises, right? Don't get yes, me wrong. Oh, okay. I, I love, love that. I love a good boob. A good boob yeah, is great. A nice boob. A supple some, breast. <laughs> a nice, a nice bush. I'm down. Uh, but like, uh, but give me some floppy dicks. I also yeah. like bouncing. A, a nice man ass. Mm. Yeah, just firm, and like I Muscular really like and like a little hairy, a baby lot hairy. Yeah. Nice fuzzy butt. Oh, my favorite, and I'm like I'm trying to think of like an ass that stands out and I'm just not even thinking of one. I'm I'm really dropping the ball as a as a gay man in a horror podcast because I should have known that this would come up. <sighs> you know I'll what follow up. Sucks, though is that I do want to say a lot of the bare ass men that I've seen in movies have been like hairless butts. Yeah hairless butts. <sighs> Hey, I'm like, this is A, yes. unrealistic, B, kind of creepy. Like, also, this is very 12-year-old boy. All I'm going like, to say uh, is, unless your butt is naturally hairless, if you are shaving your butt please stop. or you're waxing please your stop. butt, one, we want to tell you, ah. don't do it. Second of all, it's obvious because after a while, you get those little bumps and it looks like you have pimples on your ass. Stop yeah. doing it. I have had a few scenarios. Well, first of all, I did nudity in a film that did not get completed. Full frontal, and I was gagged to death on a dildo. So let me just get that out. (laughs) (laughs) Did not get finished, but I was in banging shape. Um, However- And you were like, can you send me that video real quick? Because I want to- If 
if I had it, if everyone would have it. People are gonna, but, um, people are gonna be like, um, like I see John Grinder, like, hey, pics. No, but I have a video you want to see. So, um, but I like, I am a yeti. Like, if you can't tell, like, if it, it's just more as it goes Listen, down. We, so, we love we at I Spit in Your Mouth podcast are <laughs> advocates for hair. We love it. Yeah. Well, I, there's plenty to go around in this case, but um, like I I was supposed to do a, another film recently that with COVID got did not happen, but like up to the last minute, I'm saying a day beforehand, my friend had to, my friend who have not had a sexual relationship with, um, had to take my ass down to a level three razor on like an electric, like like. like, like I I frequently have to do that as well because. Otherwise, it gets too out of control. And I'm like, I want it to be fuzzy, but I want it to be manageable yeah. fuzzy. But here's the thing is that there's maintenance. Like there's I want you grooming. to still I want you to still be able to floss your teeth when you lick my butt, but I don't want you to be able to braid it. Yeah, yeah. that's that's too much. And that's and that is very I feel like that's fair and and, you, and your hair looks coarse as well. Like it does like oh no, it's very soft. Oh, is it? I'm just blonde. I'm I was just like blonde. he's like he's Irish. No, and like I'm just saying because very soft. Well, because and he's the blonde Irish. I, like, I'm the dark haired Irish well, where our our hair is very soft, but it's thick. I've been I've been with men who are Irish that had coarse body hair, which yeah. I'm still not mad about. But like, you know, it does happen. Just, it happens. My hair is very fine. I have very, very fine. Like it's just, I wish it down. was thicker. I wish it was thick. I have a lot of it, but it's very fine. If it was thick, it, literally you wouldn't be able to see skin. You'd be wearing a sweater when you're not wearing a sweater. Yeah. yeah. Which would yeah. be great right now because it's freezing. Say, we love that. I will, I will say that when I was doing this dramatic off the shoulder top and I was like, God, I'm getting ready. And I was like, don't worry, I'm still primping. It was me like, <laughs> Shaving. Like, I'm like, these are the angles I need to shave my I, back because I know I make her nair my back for yeah. me. God love you. That's <laughs> a friend. We're, we're, yeah. we're very, we're, we're way too close. Unfortunately, like very close. <laughs> when, right before this, I was my boyfriend. I was like, Gustavo, will you shave my back tonight? He's like, the only thing I will do is wax it. And I was like, oh, God. Well, at least it'll be over quick. Oh, his name yeah. is Gustavo. 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 He's Brazilian. Ooh. So, it's very is, handsome and a bisexual. Oh, isn't that sexy? I love it. Oh my god, <laughs> he's gonna kill me that I'm talking about. That's, <laughs> I love it. That's that's why you're just like, hey, you don't need to listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> baby, don't. <laughs> hey, this one you can sit out. <laughs> um, it it gets very scary. You don't want to listen. These two, your anxiety will peak. <laughs> so, uh, the next question that I have is more about the horror industry and, and us being in the pandemic, like, what do you, what do you expect to see within the next, you know, maybe five years within, as, as we're coming out of the pandemic, what do you, what do you expect for the horror industry? Uh, a few things. I think overall, and we're already seeing it right now, like the formats in which we view cinema are going to evolve. Um, I mean, I think, I don't think we're ever going to lose movie theaters because there's something about that experience, but I think now having a, like immediate availability at people's fingertips, I think distribution companies are going to realize just how much money they can make, how much profit. So I think we're going to see a shift with that. And I think independent filmmakers are going to kind of see a, um, I don't want to say like a boom, but in a, a need for fresh 
indie material unlike we've had up to this point, at least I'm hoping. So I think this is gonna be a really good time for the indie filmmaker. Um, and I think that, you know, coming out of this, people are going to want fresh material. So um, in that sense, across the board, I think we're just gonna see a lot of new material. And the sense of the route that we see cinema go, I mean, I don't, I think this whole thing, like with us being stuck inside and claustrophobic, it's like working right now because that's how we feel. But I think as soon as we get out, we're going to just want some fresh something, something unlike anything we're seeing right now. So um, I think we're going to see the revitalization of the slasher to a new extreme because we're already seeing it go that route. Um, have you guys watched Slasher, by the way, the series on Netflix? I have been meaning to, and it's in my list, and I just haven't watched it yet. I haven't yet either. That, you know, you want to talk about some good gay asses? slasher really? it is very gay super gay it's canadian they love gays oh, yeah. so um it's great i love it and i think as the seasons go on they get better and the third okay. season is by far the gayest but yeah i think we're going to see a lot more of just um experimental cinema because it's we're in like a new we're we're at like um a tipping point right now. Like if we're not gonna ever be the same as we were before the pandemic. We're gonna see a big evolution and I think we're all just gonna kind of change with it. Okay. So uh, I'm really excited to see where things go. I also think now coming out of the Trump era within the next five years, I think people have a lot of shit they need to do. Um, yeah. And I, I think you're gonna see that. I also, I one, and I know that like, I think we've touched on this a little bit earlier in our discussion. Um, but I think that with the Trump era, with the pandemic, and with the racial inequality coming to the forefront, I would only hope that with 2021 and after, we see a lot more characters, a lot more strong people of color characters being created. Well, especially after after we both watched um, Love, Lovecraft Country, which was oh. Um, fantastic. Oh, my God. It was Love so it. beautiful. I mean, and 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 the stories were just so well written and heartbreaking and scary. And I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Uh, and I and I was like, we need more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wish yeah. I was a writer. I would like write everything that I wanted, mm -hmm. and I think that the world wants it. Yeah. Well, I think I definitely think we're at a point where we want just more diversity in the faces we're seeing on screen and the stories that are being told. I'm not always like aching for sequel reboots, um, but I'm really excited for the new Candyman. Uh, based off that trailer, the visuals well, and the fact that it's peel just. I was gonna say, here's the thing: is that like that is the only remake as of recent that I'm like, I will give this. A, I will give this. Yeah. A I have to give Jordan Peele so much credit because he's he, been killing he it really has been doing such an amazing job and everybody that works with him, i mean unfortunately i don't i wish i knew everyone all of the people who work with him uh yeah. producers and writers and but whatnot but so so fantastic doing such a such an amazing job and creating you know creating such beautiful horror that is that is putting you know, black people at the forefront, yeah. but yeah. it's but it's still also doing racial inequality yes. to the forefront too. Bring racial inequality to the forefront, but at the same time, it's telling a story that is palatable for everybody. Correct. So people who would normally would go into this saying, "I I don't think I can I can identify with this," are walking out of it saying, "Wow, I I get it." Yeah, yeah, and I want to see more white, more Caucasian 
actors, considered A-list actors or what have you, uh, be willing to step down and yeah. be a little bit more in the background and help tell these stories. I was thankful for like with uh, Get Out, like Catherine Keener playing, ending up playing a role that is, you know, very much painting that the white people to be shitty, which we are known to have been and continue to be. Yeah. And I think we need to, that's our responsibility in telling these stories that a lot of them are going to use that uh, to, to make the story clear and relevant. And I think it's our duty with the history as it is that we need to be willing to play those roles uh, accurately. Yeah. And that's not always gonna paint us in a good light, but you know what, yeah. moving forward, we got to acknowledge that and it's our duty. So uh, I am thankful to see some of these, these more prominent white actors at least being like, you know yeah. what, this is my duty to kind of play a role like this. Like as, as white people and as like, just like what, however you identify white folks in general, I think that we all need to be more aware and take a back seat right now. Yeah. Yep. Because yep. with everything coming to light and coming to like the head of everything, it's just like we, even even the best of us we need to make have space. fucked up we need to make space. yeah and we need to make space for people of color to come and like live their best yeah. life and like come fully to their um what's the word i'm looking for live up to their i don't know fuck i don't um, know what word you're looking for because I, I don't want to say expectations. No. That is not the word. Their full potential. Or Thank you. Full, full potential. Live yeah. up to their full potential because unfortunately um, the media has not painted them in a light where they are able to live up to their yeah. full potential. Yeah. And I, I think I think it ties back to what we were saying earlier about um, about trans actors as well. And we, it, we need to do our job to make space for trans right. people in the horror community and in Horror, and horror works and podcasts yeah. and television shows and 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 short fiction and all that because we have the ability to do so yeah. those of us who have a platform have yeah. the ability to say oh like i i have a spot for you here and i'm going to make sure that you are part of this project yeah. I, you know and and, i think it's important that we do that and this is going to be the straightest thing i will ever say on this podcast is that I think that one thing that I really do love about wrestling <laughs> is that so they have they have baby faces and they have heels. Baby faces are the good guys, heels are the bad guys. A, a heel, and so many wrestlers out there love to portray the heel because it puts over a baby face, which might be a young, not like new to the field, um, inexperienced person. And when you play a good heel, which may paint you in a bad way with a lot of the younger WWE crowd, younger wrestling crowd, it is doing the greater good for the future generations. And also you still have your fans that love a good bad guy. And I think that that is kind of like tying into what I think wrestling is at the forefront of really what we need to do. Take that role as a bad guy own it, accept it, and know that this isn't who you are, but who you are portraying, and you are putting over the guy who needs to be put over right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to, you know, for, 
<laughs> for, for decades, we've, you know, whites have ran studios and we've always had to get our fingers in everything and we've had to adjust everything and even movies that were written for people of color, you know, the, the exploitation films of the 70s and uh, those were all backed by white people and there are these caricatures, these stereotypes and um, I mean, you just look at West Side Story. West Side Story is, it's all about Puerto Ricans, but it's all written and composed by white men. Yeah, it's all whitewash. Everything's been whitewashed. And I think we need to finally find, you know, we're at a point right now where we need to let other cultures and other people take a platform that has not been available and tell the stories the way they want to hear them. That's what's really going to draw in the masses. I'm like Shyamalan. He can can sit down. Yeah, he can come. (laughs) He bores me, but um, um, I, and I think one thing about being you know, queer and being in the queer horror community, and if you're a queer filmmaker or what have you, uh, there's always prejudice within our own community. And that's something that needs to be acknowledged and that needs to be eradicated. And I think if you're someone who's making queer cinema, it's your duty to represent minorities across the board and equally and evenly. And I do know a few queer films um, that have come out, Death Drop Gorgeous, I, I, those guys in Rhode Island, they're really talented. If you have a chance to see this film, you would love it. But they're, one of their leads is of color and very prominent within the film. And they just, you know, it's just as it should be. It, it shouldn't even be something that's like addressed or, or it just, you, we should be making it a point to have an even disbursement of all colors and sizes and genders and preferences and moving forward that should be our mission that yeah, should be our mission even like tying back to the the exploitation area era and like the quote-unquote black exploitation era like pam greer was such a beautiful badass woman in these movies but it was still like very focused on the fact that she was just a black woman like that's kind of how it was pitched yeah and she should just be pitched as like just a woman and like these shouldn't be the quote-unquote black exploitation films they should just be an exploitation film featuring a strong woman of color and i do love what she did back then with what she was given yeah was a- can i tell you a quick story really quick about yes. him <laughs> I so Andrew. i was in i was in the movie cleveland abduction which was about the three girls that were abducted and kept in a basement for 10 years mm-hmm. in Cleveland, my hometown. Um, oh. And so, yeah. We're, Cle- we're a Midwest person. Yes, yeah. yeah my Cleveland accent comes barely. from Barely. Uh, Ohio, <laughs> Ohio's barely Midwest. But so Pam Greer was in this film. And so I um, had to go in and get my, like my, um, makeup done because I have tattoos on my wrist and I was playing a cop and they didn't want them visible. Yeah. So I'm getting my makeup done and Pam Greer comes in and sits down next to me to get her hair and makeup done. And I was in this, uh, like in the makeup RV for about a half hour with Pam Greer, who was a delight. <laughs> and all she talked about was how she, she was like living in like a rural, like her mother's half Native American. And she's like, she lived, she had a house in like the middle of like, I can't remember what state, but it was like rural. And how Snoop Dogg came over one day and got her mother stone, her mother who was 80 something. I and her mother, it. her mother proceeded to make breakfast for all of them like ripped off her ass and I was like this is a surreal moment this is why I act even if I'm not even really doing anything in this movie I'm sitting next to Pam Greer writing about her relationship with Snoop Dogg it was pretty fucking epic and she was a delight so yeah she's great I 
I did. So the best weekend of my life. And um, <clears throat> so I, we live in New York and there was a huge snowstorm on Halloween weekend. I want to say like five or seven, like somewhere between five and seven years ago. It had to was be it longer, longer than, than that because I was in college I have and I haven't been in college have a, for eight years. So All right. I have a terrible lapse of time, but um, that weekend I went to longer than through, that, through the snowstorm. I went to Chiller Theater in Pars in New Jersey. It might've been Parsippany, um, but that weekend Chiller Theater was still going on and they had a stacked list, like guest list. Elvira with her last El appearance of Elvira on the Northeast was there. Pam fucking Greer was there. So I like, I waited in line for only about 20 minutes to meet Elvira at a convention, which is wild. And then I literally walked up to Pam Greer and talked to her for like 20 minutes. She signed my photo, that photo of her like I believe it was in coffee where she was like in the bikini on the lounge chair, like by the pool with like her fucking Afro out. I was like, thank you so much for being who you are. I'm obsessed with you. And she's still fucking hot. Yeah. Yeah. Still so yeah. fucking hot. Yeah, for sure. Holds up. My life. Mm -hmm. weekend of my life. So the last question that we have for you today is what are you working on currently? And I know you might not be able to tell us like everything, but or you know, we're taste. in a pandemic. If you're not working on anything, that's fine too. Creative people don't stop working. That's true. <laughs> so I like I have been pretty selective these last few months, just because like I, I've accepted a few things that just did not move forward because of what's happening. But um, I am so my film rebirth literally just signed for distribution last week, so that will be coming out this oh, next year. So um, I'm very excited for that. Um, aside from that, I am I'm just like in the early stages of moving forward with this project, this local project called Domestic, which I'm really excited for. I have the male lead in that. Um, it's really it's like a body horror movie, which is one of my favorite genres. Um, and I just signed on for a filming out of Dayton, Ohio, and it's a like a fan film, which I don't normally do fan films or shorts. I like features, it's just my thing, but yeah. it is a Carrie fan film Ooh, about, okay. it is a documentary interviewing the survivors from Chamberlain uh, who survived the fire and how they were like affected in like the 10 years following. Oh, I and like so that. it's just like, yeah, it's I really cool. This. Yeah, I'm really into it. So I um I play uh Vic Mooney, who is the uh head of he's the head of the student council. And so in the book, he's like more of a prominent character, but like it's just and he's the closest to Carrie during uh like in the book it like when everything happens on the stage so how that like affects him uh like because she's telekinetic so like it has a certain impact on people i'm really excited to like explore this i can't share a ton of stuff about it no, but it's um, really cool but it's yeah it's super cool so i have that project my interest yeah oh yeah no i'll definitely as, as things come out about it i'll send it your way just because i'm sure you guys would be into it but the domestic project is one that like i'm super attached to just because um like we've already started like working on um makeup concepts and everything we're doing a lot of practical effects oh, and that's like yes, my big, yes 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 and it's yeah it's like when i say body horror it's like melt body melts and everything oh. and that's what i love so yeah it's it's fun i've got a few other things like that are in the works but um, we're just kind of waiting until we know for sure the next few months. But um, yeah, man, I mean, I, that teacher shortage that came out with a few months ago, that's available now. 
that's really fun. There's some uh, a great queer sides like subplot in that that like this being a, a queer podcast i think that would be a great thing to explore just because um it's handled in a really cool way it's handled in a, a really um modern mainstream way so yeah I'm, I'm proud of that project and um and then i have my podcast uh dark night in the podcast which i host with uh troy Scamillo, which is um he did mrs claus and party night he's a director he's great um and so uh that's really fun just two gays chatting it up cackling hens i have i have listened it is it is definitely <laughs> enjoyable thank you <laughs> sure you're welcome <laughs> well we we were so happy to have you i was on gonna the say this has been today. great um, this has been more like and honestly i want to say that this has been more than i even anticipated because we got into a lot of like um i want to say like very thoughtful emotional moments and then mm -hmm. we kept it shitty and campy as yeah. we always do at some point well Gulia is always surprised by the people that i gather yeah, so, <laughs> and forage so the whole, for the whole gig with us is that i just show up so she's never <laughs> prepared for what's going to happen but clearly um, and then she's always nervous about the interview process and you know if she's going to be able to connect with people and i'm like these are your people you're going to be and this fine. is also why i drink yeah that's but, I had a great time. I thought this was great. And I think if you're going to do like anything that's like a prolonged interview set up like this, like you got to get some, get into the meat of it, like, or else it's just boring. Yeah. So this is, yeah. I'd rather it be campy and deep and emotional and everything. That's, that's why we do this, right? Yeah. yeah so absolutely. thank like, really, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank I'm you sure. so much. It was an absolute delight. I, it's been a pleasure meeting you. I can't She's wait going to be obsessed with you now. I, I like, want you to know that. And she <laughs> go on. I'm talking about you all the time. I might. <laughs> Guys, that, this was great. Seriously, I really that appreciate Chris it. Fox, who I'm so obsessed with. Yes, we we <laughs> interviewed we interviewed Chris Fox not too long ago, and she hasn't stopped talking about him. So now it's going to be Chris Fox and and Roger Connors. Yes, because you you were an absolute delight, and I just I love talking horror bullshit with like-minded people. Yeah, so like to meet people who are very on the same spectrum of things as we are is. A delight. Maybe one day we'll go out to Ohio and we'll when when Come we on to travel. <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad about. We'll go it. to listen. I've never been to Ohio. I'm, I'm so I, let me be clear. Ohio in general kind of sucks, but Cleveland people always like think like this. They have this like idea of our burning river, and like they're like, uh, Cleveland is pretty kick ass, and it's going through like it's. I say it's renaissance right now, where like our art districts are just booming. We have okay. the second largest theater district in America yeah. after New York. We have the what's voted the second best art museum in America. Like okay. we have a really great art scene, a really good music yeah. scene, and uh, our indie film scene is pretty great. So, so like I even I went out to Indianapolis um, last year and I loved it. So like Midwest cities, I love. I love experiencing it. I think that it's very interesting to see. But I, I mean, honestly, when we get out there, we'll definitely hit you up. Absolutely. Let me know. I can't wait to host for you guys. Yes. Yeah, no, thank you. So, um, and last but before not you least, go, we want you to be able to plug all of yeah, your socials. Yeah, plug your shit. Oh, thank you. Gosh. Okay. So, my tag on almost like across the board, Twitter and Instagram, everything is the screen queer. That is my like go to, the screen queer. Uh, so, I'm really prominent on Instagram. That's like my go to. Um, and then on Facebook, I do have an official actor page, the official Roger Connors. 
Um, and I also have a page for Rebirth, Rebirth the Movie. I also just launched my website, rogerconnors.com. So Ooh, that literally just went up last week. I know, I'm like, so fans or? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, so we have a website, but not an OnlyFans. This is, this is new. Desperation will hit soon. And trust me, <laughs> a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. Send yeah. that link right along as soon as it's up. I was going to say, <laughs> as we have spoken, we love a little body I just want to see that clavicle in action. Yes. <laughs> like that angle. Right? Oh, there we go. <laughs> love it. I love it so much. Now I have a boner. Yep, there you go. So that means we have to sign off right now because Zadi needs to go handle herself. Well, we're going to have to send you back into the spirit world where you belong. I'm sorry we can't keep you, but we would have to sacrifice another human life. I understand, but you have to come to my side soon because it's yeah. way more fun. There's a lot I of cool people heard, I, with. <laughs> I heard that the drinks in the spirit world are like... I was going to say there are unfortunately no babies around for me to sacrifice. So like <sighs> sooner or later, it'll happen. Maybe we'll put you in a doll or something. But Yeah, yeah. we'll make it work. I'll put on my tits so I can be like full, full... Tiffany and then we'll oh, I can't wait. I would, <laughs> I would love that. All right. And and goodbye, Roger. And 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 please be safe on your way back into the spirit world. You might need to wear a mask. I don't know how yeah, how it works sure how after you die. But no, it's balls to the walls over there. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Roger, thank you so much. Say goodbye to everyone. Bye guys. Thank you so much for having me. This was seriously great. Have a great time. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good one. So we just finished our <laughs> fantastic interview with Roger Connors. What a sweet baby angle. Uh, I, I'm obsessed. I mean, yeah, you are not me. Yeah, okay, like. sure. <laughs> You're way more obsessed. I'm obsessed with my chartreuse colored water bottle from Lululemon. Yeah, um, is a Lululemon gal now. I'm not. I could never afford it, but... She's sniffing her bottle. That I just want to came make sure it's not dusty. It's dusty. Lululemon doesn't sell dusty products. Are you kidding me? For all the white vaginas that they're all up in, it's dusty. <laughs> all I'm saying is some of these women that shop at Lululemon could not fit that water bottle up their vagina. Correct. Although, well, their again, husbands aren't having sex with them, so who are they having sex with? The help. Peter. So, <laughs> um, so Miss Carmen Cartel is living her best life with Dottie's cat, and I'm kind of here for every second of it, whether it gets edited out or not. Oh, they're best Aww. friends. If you scratch my fucking sweater, I'm throwing you in the meat farm. The meat farm, Jesus. <sighs> so. <I'm kidding. laughs> Wow. I don't even know if that's a thing. So before I feel like Carmen's gonna end up being guests on this podcast one day. One day. I know enough about it. So before we go, we have to do my favorite segment of the podcast that Gulia hates oh so much. Here it comes. It's spoopy stuff. about to see may disturb you why does that sound like more combat (laughs) (laughs) all right 
So, I have a video from the YouTube, and it's called Ghost Caught on Nest Camera. Oh, Jesus Christ. So excited. Ready? Look, look over here. I'm like, is my glass full? Bitch, that was a piece of dust. That's still a piece of dust. It's ghost. Look, look at that cat. Look at the look at the ghosts. For fuck's sake! They're ghosts and they're moving around. <sighs> Let me see the cat. <laughs> I like the cat. I like that. See, here's the thing. If that was actually a ghost, the cat would react. Have you met my cats? The cat does not react. Your cats would react. No, Stella absolutely would not. Dorcas, the dumpster cat, would. Maybe. It depends. She would. If I was eating food at the time, she would not. Your cat is such a cunt. All she cares about is eating the food out of my hand. Like During our interview, I snacked on a couple of chips. I had a chip in my hand at one point. And I like had it like just slightly below the the tip of the table. She jumped up, jumped on my lap, and tried to and actually like physically bit the chip, but did not bite a piece of the chip. Off. She's a dick. She's a cunt. I love her. Wow. So what do you think? Was it ghosts or was it not ghosts? Trash. So ghosts. Wonderful. No, no, we, we no, established- no, no, no. Nope, nope. We have established it was ghosts. Trash, not ghosts. Like completely fake garbage. You never post any of these in our social media. I know it doesn't matter. (coughs) They don't need to know. So (laughs) people, some people can't watch along. That's fine. They don't need to watch along. No, they need to watch along. And here's the thing: if you don't think they need to watch along, then you know what you are showing me is trash. No, (laughs) trash. I'm just saying they don't need to. We're gonna make a song, and it's gonna be. Trash. They don't need to watch along because I forget because to post. Trash. Yeah, because you're trash. <laughs> trash. No, it's because I get distracted by Dick. So Fair. thank you all for listening. <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all? Um, please don't forget to you like. You also got distracted by boobs this episode. I did I get distracted by out. boobs because you're look look at her boobs. Tell me they're not distracting. They're distracting. Thank you. <laughs> so please remember to like. Rate and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that is double for you because it's super important that Apple Podcast listeners rate and subscribe. Does and anyone ever share email this? Us? Nobody has ever emailed us. So please, cool. please, 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 please email us. We want to hear from you guys. If there's something specific that you want to talk about, if there's a movie that you love that you want us to talk about on the podcast that is not necessarily a like big what's the word i'm looking for no no that's not like a if you have an indie film that you love that you want us to talk about please email us and we'll give it a watch and we will talk about it on the podcast like not a problem if you work in horror and you want to be on the podcast email us our email is i spit in your mouth podcast at gmail.com if you hate us and think that we are garbage email us and we are garbage i can guarantee you that you don't actually have to ask us any questions because and also if you want to argue with me if you want to tell me you hate me 
If you want to tell me that you think I'm trash, email us. If you want to call me trash, you can. You just got to pay me $20 and put it in butt. But also, like, once this pandemic is over, if you want us to actually spit in your mouth, email us. Yes, please. Also, you can follow us on Instagram. The podcast is at I Spit In Your Mouth. And then you can find me at Dottie Spartans. That's D-O-T-T-Y-S-P-A-R-T-A-N-S. And you can find me at Gulia Spartans. G-H-O-U-L-I-A-S-P-A-R-T-A-N-S. Although I think that I'm probably going to end up giving that over to Dottie soon because I do not update it. <laughs> and then ever. you can follow the But you can podcast. DM me there. You can. Show me your dick. You can follow the podcast on Facebook at I Spit In Your Mouth, colon, Anuki Spooky Podcast. And we also have a... Not a a colon. Yes, a colon. And we also started a Facebook group that has yet to get off the ground. It is called... Did we really? We did. It's called They Spit in Our Mouths, colon, an ooky spooky podcast group. So you can join there and you can connect with other people who listen to the podcast who love horror. Uh, If not, then, um, then you're boring. You're the worst. Get a life. <laughs> Stop being a shit. Stop listening to two people drinking Prosecco talking about horror and get a life. Yeah, pretty much. I just imagine that there's people's mothers going to them. Stop listening to your imaginary friends talk on the internet and go do something. We are imaginary. We're your imaginary friends. That being said, we um, we hope that you're managing through this pandemic very well. I hope that you continue to do so. And if you have any questions about the vaccine, ask Dr. Dottie Spartans <laughs> at D-O-T-T-Y-S-P-A-R-T-A-N-S. But true, I Instagram. will be happy to answer any questions that you may have about the vaccine. Because she's a doctor. Not because I'm a doctor, but because I want you to have a first-person account of what it's like to get the vaccine so that if you are concerned, if you're worried... You don't have to be. In reality, we all want everyone to be happy and healthy, so... Please make sure that you wear your mask. Yeah. Wash your hands. And, like, if you're sucking a dick, make sure the other person is wearing a mask while you're sucking their dick. Yes, but most importantly, don't forget to... Creep it it real. real!